For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Example? Example? Okay. Large and in charge. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. Nathan here with Scott and GJ. We have a big episode for you today. It's all the big boys of Warhammer Fantasy come to play. This is the 40mm Club. The Ogres, the Minotaur, the Kroxagore, the Chaos Spawn. Everybody who likes to live on a 40 mil. Those monstrous infantry, those monstrous beasts. We're going to go through them today and we're going to talk about them. And we're going to get to the bottom of the big boys of Warhammer Fantasy. Guys, I am so happy to have a full house. We haven't been able to do this in a little while. Everyone has been busy who isn't Nathan, basically. You guys have actual <laughs> things going on. I, don't I somehow <laughs> seem to fill my time without actually getting things done. I don't know where it goes. I, I blame the dog for needing so many <laughs> walks, but that's probably not it. Let's catch up a little bit. Let's talk about what you guys have been up to. Scott... I know you've had a really, really busy time doing all sorts of stuff. So why yep. don't you uh, jump in and uh, tell us all about yeah. the life of Scott these days? It's been fun. Well, I started a new job. So that kind of threw, you know, my regular routine of having Monday, mm -hmm. Tuesday off got flipped upside down. So <clears throat> that's why I'm first going to apologize for our lack of streaming. That will continue once I get my kind of my probation period over with, I guess, is the, the question. But yeah, so during this time, a lot of online play because of pandemic reasons, we are able to now play in real life, which is so fantastic. So here's what's going on with us and uh, Nathan, you're involved as well. So we've started a Storm of Chaos, 6th edition Storm of Chaos campaign. And I got to say, if anyone was looking to get back into Warhammer 6th edition, this is it for me. I, I'm totally blown away. I love the the flavor and the rules. And uh, uh, hats off to Patrick to run this because um, he has experience with it as well. Doing a great job. Uh, we do a random pairing every week. Of course, you don't play someone you've already played. But uh, yeah, the, the forces of order, though, are they're winning too much. I'm playing Vampire Counts, the Von Karstein army. And uh, Nathan, you and I lost our first game. We sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and poor Matt. Matt got creamed by the Slayer army, and uh, that's a fun story too. Uh, Shane Shane's not a, uh, hasn't played very much, so he wasn't sure at all how his army would run, and he just destroyed Matt's uh, cult, <laughs> and he was super surprised by that. And uh, it kind of, it does make sense with an unbreakable army. If you don't run away, you can probably punch the elves and weak uh, toughness pretty good. Uh, but it's so fun to follow these games. Uh, I actually have a game tonight versus Jesse. It will be the Von Karstein versus the Dwarf uh, Defenders. So that should be interesting. Um, other than that, I've been playing online... Uh, uh, sorry, real-life Infinity League locally. And then I've been in, how many now? Four or five online leagues for Infinity. I just recently won the Montreal one, which was great. It I finished second last time. And I was like so close to first. It was one of those things where, yeah, second's good, but it still tasted funny. <laughs> I really wanted that first. So I, I ended up getting first place and uh, ended up playing in the World League. And I finished the middle of the pack. That was a whole different experience of uh, playing people around the world with all the different play styles and really, really good players. Uh, I finished dead, dead middle 
Uh, would have liked to have done better, but that's fine. I learned a ton from them. But it's so friendly. You know, I have players playing people in France, in New Zealand, in Japan, in you just all over the world. And um, I have to say it's one of the most most pleasurable experiences I've had in gaming. Just talking to these people, seeing their different play styles. And, uh, but that's me in a nutshell, loving everything in the gaming world. Awesome stuff. Beware of Jesse's Anvil of Doom. By the way. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? ready for, yeah. You well, okay. Actually, thanks for reminding me. I do have to mention this. We use the Mortem uh, Mordheim Hero Serious Injury Chart plus the leveling. My first injury, I I took Manfred von Karstein the the actual in the book because uh, we're allowed to take special characters. So he he got taken out of action. I roll on the injury chart, and now for every game. Going forward, if I roll a one, he can't play in the game. Oh, it's every game. It's every game. I thought it was just the no, next no, no, game. No, 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 no. Oh, his no, thrall. Scott. Oh, <laughs> <It's> no. Really... <laughs> so I, I told Jesse three days ago, I'm really nervous about that roll. Two days ago, I'm really nervous about that roll. <laughs> and this morning, I'm really nervous about that roll because it, you know, in about two hour, two to three hours, I'll be rolling for this. Uh, oh God. Yeah, so if I roll the one, I'm in trouble. If I don't roll the one, I'm still in trouble, but not as bad. Because <laughs> of that anvil is going to be a problem. You, you are playing for the evil team, so I think people might even forgive you for using loaded dice. I am not <laughs> playing for the evil team. I am playing for the Von Karsteins. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Also not, from, Scott, not from theirs perspective right my condolences in advance for that one it's just, i know you know how do you know like, because i'm the same way it's yeah it's gonna happen i'm sorry I'm gonna it's it. gonna happen i'm going to record it yeah you yeah. should please do please yeah. do anyway that thanks for the reminder it's yeah. it's so <laughs> fun i don't even care it's such a fun experience to it do really this. is yeah. yeah i jesse and i had a blast the other day it was Great. it was really really good uh gj I know it's been two days since we did this. To give our listeners a peek behind the curtain, we recorded our last episode on uh, Sunday, and I edited it yesterday, which was a Monday, and then it came out today. So when you're listening to this on Tuesday, we're doing this on the previous Tuesday. So we probably don't have a whole lot (laughs) between the two of us, but yeah, do you have uh, anything new and noteworthy for us? And no, well, definitely not anything new, but there is something that I didn't mention uh, on our previous episode, um, which is that a friend of mine and I have decided, or at least talked about, doing some more time stuff. Uh, nice. So we, uh, Tuomas Spirinen, he released a map on the more time group, which can be used as a campaign. And this map i i showed uh, this friend of mine a picture and uh, i said hey let's uh, see if we can play this so now we both decided to make uh, two warbands each he's got let me think real quick witch hunters and skaven and i'm doing uh reichlanders or maybe some other mercenary human mercenary unit and undead just uh, oh, cool. the regular guys from the rule book um but most of my warband is still uh, in grey plastic and, and needs to be assembled and painted. So uh, when I finish Nagash, which will be really close, um, maybe even before this episode 
is released, uh, then I will probably focus on building some ghouls and building some of those uh, beautiful free company sprues into whatever henchmen I can think up of. That's fantastic. Are you We're sure you shouldn't maybe put those free company sprues in a safety deposit box and yeah. <laughs> leave them for a few years? It's so true. I have actually collected quite a few of them because <gasps> I'm also doing some zombie pirates. Oh, GJ. And nice. I'm not quite sure how many of those sprues that I have lying about. <laughs> but I can safely say that, well, with the sprues and, and uh, also a bag of bits that are from those sprues as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Maybe GJ's address letters. is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I won't be home on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I have uh, probably plenty of those sprues to uh, both make a warband or two and uh, still have a nice pension lying about. Wow. Good stuff. All right. That's I didn't realize thing. we had a bona fide billionaire on the podcast. <laughs> you, you never mentioned that. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, well, just don't tell my wife what I invested in this hobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time I've heard that, funny enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems to be a going theme with hobbyists. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Really, really cool. Yeah, more time. I, I, know, I know I need to play it. We're going to do it one of these days. After the Storm yeah, of Chaos, we will 100% because DJ, his influence will, will rub off. It's okay. so worth it. More time's great because you can play less of time. You can actually get a, two or three games in once you get mm -hmm. used to it. So we can have a ton of fun getting together for that. Nice. nice. Yeah, and I've actually never played more time. I, I recently obtained the, um, the box, which contained most of the buildings, just missing a wall and the two pieces for the monument. Nice. That's all and right. it had uh, just about all the Skaven and Militia bits in there, mostly build as well uh, it was missing the rule book but i had bought the rule book earlier so i i've got these uh, buildings that i need to assemble i've got some other rune buildings that i m can use i'll uh, probably be able to make a a bit of a battlefield and uh, mm -hmm. yeah let's lots see of where, where this goes but, don't be uh, shy add yeah. lots of terrain yeah I actually I've seen, seen some beautiful more time tables on oh, Facebook yeah. and then on Instagram. So yeah. yeah, getting real jealous when I see those with like raised platforms and some buildings are are higher than others, and then then you have those uh, uh, like walkways uh, between buildings, like from the on the second or the third story. Right. And it looks really awesome. More time's the only game where I would for the core rulebook. I would say, without a doubt, I am an expert on that game. Warhammer, I played longer, but I, I would never say that who could be an expert really on the whole, like the whole thing. But I, the book I know inside out. You could probably roll on the sixty-six chart, and I can probably tell you what the the result is. <laughs> it's crazy because we played it so much. Nice. Yeah. Huh. If you're an expert on more time, and then I. Don't think I want to play you because no, no. Since you're not an expert on Infinity and you win all those tournaments, <laughs> then uh... no, 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 no. You remember, you remember that there's dice involved, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> the great equalizer is that Scott still has to roll a d6. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in, a lot of times in Infinity, I'll take a few units that where I don't need to roll for. It's like a flamethrower, so there's no roll needed, right? <laughs> hey, just to yeah. eliminate those variables. It's, exactly. It's a good strategy. Exactly. Well, for myself, 
there's not anything new on the hobby front because this is two days after we did the last podcast. However, I will take a little bit of time and just mention a couple other things that I've been doing outside of the hobby because sometimes you have to do things other than Warhammer related activities for whatever oh, reason. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's bizarre. Uh, I watched The Blob. Yes. Le- uh, not <laughs> last week. Well, maybe it was last week. And so this is the 1958 Steve McQueen or Stephen McQueen, as he is credited in that right. movie. And it's quite a thing, guys. It's It's got some real chaos spawn energy to it, which is yeah. kind of fun. But this thing, for for a monster movie, and I've watched, I, I've been going and watching a lot of monster movies re- recently. This might be the least scary thing I've ever seen. It's, uh, do you guys remember Gak from the 90s or, or Goop or, it, it yeah. has a lot of things, but it usually came in like an eggshell and yep. it was like, it was like one of those non-Newtonian fluids where you could, it, it would, uh gets it was solid and then like a liquid it would melt yeah. into a liquid that's basically it like that's it the monster movie and it's fun but it's not it, it not spooky <laughs> i feel they, ashamed they try for their best scared of that but, as a kid <laughs> yeah maybe maybe again i i've never like this is the first time i've ever seen it so maybe it would have scared me a little bit as a kid but it's it's a really fun one if you're looking for just a silly monster movie to watch uh would not recommend tarantula from i think 1955 it's another 50s monster movie the whole movie is them superimposing an (laughs) actual like walking tarantula over landscape and making it look really huge it's again it's it's unintentionally very funny but there are better unintentionally funny monster movies you can watch that's uh, a hobby of, of mine that i've i've come to really love uh usually after on days where i go for like a nice long run uh, I'll, I'll allow myself to have a popcorn, some popcorn and a beer and watch a, a dumb monster movie in the evening, uh, usually after my wife has gone to bed because she has no interest in really old, silly monsters. So that's that's been a lot of fun. I, I just wanted to kind of share that. In actual War Games Orchard news, I do have one thing to mention, and that is that I've started writing the script for a new video for the YouTube channel. This one is going to be a Lost Units video on the centaurs of Warhammer Fantasy. So looking at chaos centaurs, because for whatever reason in Warhammer Fantasy, centaurs were always associated with chaos. And I'm going to look at them, their evolution through Old Hammer, their disappearance in 4th edition, and then kind of the things that were built on after they left. So the centaurs, that kind of thing. Also going to do a... Another Warhammer Let's Play. Unfortunately, the Chaos Gate ones didn't work out because Chaos Gate is janky and old and it just completely failed after the first video. So I've got another one that I'm going to do. It's the 1999 Rights of War, which is a Warhammer 40k game based on the Eldar, and it's another turn-based strategy. It's not quite as cool as Chaos Gate, but it's a really odd duck in terms of when it came out and the themes of the game. It's Mm. a game that very much lives in second edition, despite being released in 1999, and Mm. even features units that weren't really present since Rogue Trader. It's it's wild. It's uh, lots of fun. Maybe not to play, but hopefully to watch. So I'm working on those two things, and yeah, that's going to be me. 
All right, boys, shall we uh, jump in and start talking the big boys of Warhammer Fantasy? So we're going to go through this on a faction level. And so there will be things that come up multiple times. Spoiler alert, ogres are everywhere. Uh, So we'll probably (laughs) talk about them once or twice and then just kind of skip them as we go. And our first stop on the list is the one, the only, Beastmen, the true sons of chaos. And as you might imagine, this this roster has a lot of big boys in it. To populate this list, I went through from 4th edition to 8th edition, that one, and made a quick note of any large, what would become monstrous inventory in 8th edition, Mm -hmm. and monstrous beasts. We do not include anything that is only found as a mount. And even in 4th edition, I know you could take things like Pegasus on their own. I didn't put them in here because it's not in the spirit of the exercise today. We're, we want to talk about the big boys on foot, basically. The, the Minotaur, the Ogres, the Croxagor, Rat Ogres, all those kind of guys don't really want to talk about things like Pegasus and Juggernauts and stuff like that. So that is uh, what we're going to be doing today. They will probably come up in the, in the uh, rerun of the monster episode. Yes, probably. <laughs> and yeah, so we're we're going to go through we're just going to talk about our favorites, our least favorite, things we think worked, things that didn't work and just have a nice little chat about it. That's I just kind of want to talk to you guys. So, you know, <laughs> let's yeah, do it. Let's cool. Do it. All right. So, first up, for the Beastmen, we have the Minotaur and I am including characters in this because of course there are Minotaur characters. Chaos Spawn, Razor Gore, Dragon Ogres, and Chaos Ogres. This list is big and should be because, I mean, this is a faction of beasts. They should have lots of big burly beasts. Let's start off with the Minotaur. They're kind of a big topic. They've been around since the early days, since the very first incarnation of Warhammer Fantasy. And in the earlier eras, and I'm talking about 4th and 5th here respectively, they actually kind of suffered for it. I had a big problem with early Minotaur, and maybe you guys will agree with me on this. Two issues here. Firstly, in the Hero Hammer era, they had two attacks, which is just not enough attacks (laughs) for a Minotaur, and not enough attacks for something that big and expensive. And secondly, a base strength of four. And that really bugged me because think of a bull, like just a Mm -hmm. a regular bull uh, out in a field somewhere. And those things are terrifying. Yeah. They can flat up kill you. And I didn't think that a minotaur certainly wouldn't be any less strong than a bull. And probably stronger since minotaur in Warhammer Fantasy, if you want to believe the scale, are like nine, ten feet tall. They're huge. They're absolutely massive. To have them at strength four seemed just a little bit weak i really wanted minotaur to be more offensive capabilities for a minotaur is what i wanted to see it's actually offensive that they actually made that stat for them (laughs) yeah i know right and this would be fixed in later eras by the time you get to the last beastman book in seventh they are strength five they do have three attacks it does work a little bit more they have the impact and they have the impact hits they got the stomps so they can they can actually you know do do some damage but I guess the part that bugs me the most is I love the Trish Morrison Minotaurs from the Hero Hammer era. Yeah. And I I can't get enough of those sculpts. I think they look 
they look sinister they look wicked they look like they're gonna do a bunch of terrible things (laughs) and in those eras they just aren't very good unfortunately yeah and then i guess we could talk about the minotaur characters first but i want to get your guys opinions on like your base minotaur what do you guys think of it how what do you think of how it started and kind of where it went all right uh well i don't have too much experience fighting against minotaurs and and even less fighting with them i'm not sure on where i stand as to how they progressed i do love that this is a very recognizable mythological figure that they've used for warhammer and i'm very glad that they kept it in there all those years and that you can always play uh, minotaurs and Mm -hmm. i do remember one time when i was playing in early sixth edition against a, a a classmate who had a chaos army and he had built this corn chaos army but he did include because you could do that back then a, a unit of three minotaurs and uh, that was the only beastman unit he had in his army so to me uh, i lost that battle uh, of course because i wasn't mm-hmm. a very good player back then and i've only slightly improved now so to me they are they they are always very scary those minotaurs and i'd love to um, make a beastman army at some point and include them uh, but i do think uh, what you said nathan about stats and how they increased that it does them more justice in the later editions and uh, is it also the minotaurs that have that uh, rule where they when when they win a combat they have to uh, stop and feast on the bodies yes that's it's great yeah. that they kept that throughout the the ages right Blood greed. It's always been there, I think. Yeah, and it's it's very consistent with them, at least from 4th to 8th, but it was something that could be a little bit of a <clears throat> a hindrance as well, right? Yeah, but it's very characterful. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah these, <laughs> these crazed bulls and they, well, they're in a battle, but uh, they're basically just doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Scott, you've been known to, to beast oh. in a time or two. Jeez, I love minotaurs, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Frenzy alone would give them four attacks in 4th and 5th ed, I believe. Because it's double, not plus one. It is. Do yeah, they true. have Frenzy in Yes, they fourth? do. Okay, okay. That yeah. does that does help the output. Although, yeah. I mean, Frenzy, of course, always that double-edged sword that it is. But exactly, it does, yeah. yeah. it does help their output. So in 5th ed, you'd have to stop. You never could pursue in Blood Greed. That continues on till 7th and... Uh, it's a little less punishing, but I like how they kept it. So in fifth ed, it's you you can't pursue. In seventh ed book, it was you'd roll a d6 to chase instead of two d6, just representing they're slower to get away there. They're still feeding. They're distracted by the blood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because that makes them a unique unit in its own, where you have to think about where they're going to be. And sometimes, in my experience playing them. You get one good charge off the entire game. There's a famous game Nathan and I played where that pretty much happened. (laughs) (laughs) And he shot my Minotaur character in the butt with a goblin bolt thrower. That was sad. It was was sad. It was pretty fantastic, yeah. Yeah, glorious on that side. (laughs) Yeah. Glorious on that side. The other thing is, I wonder if the 4th and 5th Ed were considering equipping them with certain weapons. If they have a strength 4, can you equip them in 4th Ed with great weapons? I believe you, so. You certainly can, yeah. So maybe they're that's where they are. I, I guess it's just that there are other things in that era that yeah. 
are basically 100%. better versions yeah, of them. Yeah, oh, 100%, 100%. Which, I mean, we'll get yeah. to, but yeah, yeah. For, for me, it was, I, I just, the, the base strength of four, I always found somewhat indefensible. I just... It's, it's not acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like your, your your description of a real bull, I remember um, not far from where I grew up, we'd go down to the racetrack, and on the side of the racetrack where it was a field of cows, and there was one bull, you know, protecting... That was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, I've seen a bear in, in person, but they were kind of skitterish. This bull was not skitterish. Mm. He would thump and charge, and yeah, there's no way you survive an impact from that. So yeah, I get I get what you're saying. It should be base strength 5. I, I do agree. Oh, it's interesting the champion has strength 5 base. So yeah, I don't know. The passive the passive bulls and then there's the champion. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm on board with you. Yeah. I could honestly talk about minotaurs all day yeah. with games we, I've had with them, but yeah. We will do an episode on minotaurs because yeah. they have a really interesting history and they've been in the game yeah. from beginning to end and I I think they are worth talking about in in greater detail. I, yeah, you can't fault them for just the iconic nature, right? Like right. this is this is one of those classic creatures that is from our own myths that that made it into the game and has always has always looked and, and felt really cool. Like even if they don't hit the mark, you know, you you see a unit of minotaur on the table and you're like, yeah, I'm playing fantasy, right? Like I'm, I'm yeah, exactly, it. yeah. It's yeah. not a, it it that's kind of where I I met with um, why we love old fantasy. If you look at the things today, and I'm just off topic for a quick second. You look at things today and say someone never saw this game in their life and they come down and they see Minotaurs, they're going to know what that is kind of thing. Mm. Oh, Nowadays absolutely. with Age of Sigmar, somebody walks in, they're like, what am I looking at? Like, <laughs> like they, they will never figure it out because it doesn't make any sense. So that there's something about the Minotaur that it spells classic fantasy, right? Absolutely, yeah. Honestly, I feel like the Minotaur have driven a lot of people to collect beastmen it's always been my favorite part of the whole range was the minotaur and Guilty. there's yeah there's there's yeah. something about them that's just I, I love the fact that in you know once you get past hero hammer you start getting the hero level and then the lord level minotaur characters where you can you can't make an army entirely of minotaur but you can make one that is a core of minotaur Right. Yeah. Like you can you can have your heroes, you can have your your doom bull leading the charge. And I I so just cool. think that's an incredible aesthetic. I think it's one of the strongest aesthetics that you can have as a chaos player or, yeah. or you know, as a Warhammer player. Actually, it's very scary across the table. <laughs> it yeah, sure is. Yeah. Oh, my God. It scares everyone. Right. It, yeah. The Minotaurs were actually my covid project. Oh, Remember? nice. Yeah. they. That's when I started the. Uh, it was the first three months that I started playing, painting Beastmen, and then I was able to. Do you remember my black skin? I did the black yes. Minotaurs. Yeah, they were came out nice. I they did. Yeah. yeah, I liked it because you had that one hero that was an albino. Yeah, and it did such yeah. a, a really neat contrast. Yeah, he's them. right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with his giant axe ready. To, yeah, <laughs> they're they're just like uh, GJ said. It's just across the table. It doesn't matter. You're scared of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just let's talk about really quick where they came from or where they are now. Um, and for those of you who follow our uh, Orchard Edition, we play 6th ed Edition with our 8th Edition Army books. So the minute, the Beastmen, unfortunately, didn't get an 8th book, so we use 7th. But you get, you know, movement 6 stays the same. Um, weapon skill is 4, is the same. But it's strength 5, tough 4, 3 wounds, initiative 3, 3 attacks. But they have 
blood greed that allows them to gain frenzy and for every time they win combat they gain another frenzy so the frenzy just stacks and it maxes out at 10 i believe so you could yeah, have a attacks. base yeah 10 attack so you could have a base minotaur with 10 attacks and yeah that's just then you're starting to get into that realm of yeah this <laughs> this is the meets the lore of a of a bull right it's they just get crazy mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so don't throw your chaff at them. One last That's thing point. that I would uh, like to say on the Minotaur is they have some really interesting... You mentioned lore for Minotaur. They've got incredible lore in that they're guardians of, yeah. of shrines and yeah. uh, the, the, the totems that the beastmen make. And sometimes they will... They'll march to war beside the beastmen and sometimes they'll also just murder any beastman that comes near their <laughs> it's true their yeah. shrine right it's so it's, cool it's really neat i love that and i love that they're just instinctually driven to guard these places i think it's so cool i, I love everything about them they're they're I really think, fun i think we could get in i just remembered this we might get into trouble if we don't mention the new expansion for total war 2 is actually a minotaur Oh yeah, it's Torox, right? It's Torox, the brass bull, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that eventually. I can't wait to try that. I did recently try the starting a, a campaign to see how the new Beastman system works. It is, Nathan, you know how you don't like the horde thing? Mm -hmm. It's completely revamped. It's completely different. It is amazing. Oh, check it out. It's okay. It's it's very well done. Okay. Yeah. Now all I need them to do is that for Warriors of Chaos, and I'll be happy. Yeah, maybe soon. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. If you're good, maybe. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Before we get uh, too far down uh, yeah. on, on our Minotaur here, we should uh, move on to the next one. This is one that's going to appear a bunch of times, uh, and that's the Chaos Spawn. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about it here. Chaos Spawn were an interesting one because in 4th and 5th edition, they're actually on a cavalry base. So they, they wouldn't have made the cut. Right. But they did kind of have a, uh, what, a what, what do they call them nowadays? A glow up? Where they, they got bigger and uh, more assertive and huh. uh, more outgoing. That's what the kids are saying. These yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. So they ended up on a 40 mil in 6th uh, edition and going forward. I mean... Chaos Spawn, regardless of whether or not they're good, and they, they always kind of, for me, fell into that category of, I usually have other things to take. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't think they've ever been, like, terrible. Like, they're just completely unusable or anything. They're just so random. One thing I will say for them, though, is I like any model that you can make out of anything. Right? Mm -hmm. You just you just throw some stuff together. It's a Chaos Spawn. Well, it's all arms. Yeah, it's a Chaos Spawn, you know? You, cool. So it has 16 heads... Uh, no feet. It, it moves around by just rolling at the enemy. I don't know. Like it's, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I, thing, I love that. That thing must have strength ten. Oh no, it's a chaos spawn. No, it's, a chaos <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, GJ did uh, some work with the the game we had. Um, his yeah. chaos spawn held up a whole unit of zombies that could have flank charged. Nice. Yeah, it was. It did work. And I only rolled either a one or a six or for the decks, I remember. <laughs> There's just yeah. nothing in between there. And that's I, when I said, you're welcome on my table any day, yeah, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't believe that there are numbers in between those, so I, <laughs> that makes full sense to me. Yeah, It's a fun unit. I love the fact that it's in the game. It makes a lot of sense. I love it more for its lore, I guess, than for its actual unit in the game. I just, I, I love that that is... 
a part of the path of damnation, right? You either rise to the ranks of a demon prince, you die, or right. you become a chaos spawn. I was going to mention that. I, I always... Yeah. That's the only time I ever... I put a chaos... Anytime I played chaos, the chaos spawn would never go on the table. It would be in my box, ready for the bad <laughs> Yeah. Right? And of yeah. course it happened, so... And I'm like, cool. No, I painted the model. That's yeah, great. I get yeah. to... <laughs> You're almost forced as a chaos player, right? To get at yeah. least a spawn, maybe more. Yeah. Because someday it's going to happen. Yeah. It's absolutely going to happen. Yeah, what? something I, I oh. wanted to mention too. Uh, yeah. the, just the fact that you can uh, get chaos spawn on the table without paying their points cost or uh, doing some shenanigans. I believe there's also some... Some spells that turns your enemy into a yeah. chaos spawn yeah, or yeah, item yeah. or something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things I like about them. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's a great point. And one of the most versatile kits I think in the Games Workshop range, where it was just you got a body, and then you got, and I'm talking about the later plastic kit here. You got a body, and then you got just a ton of bits and you just stuck them places and that was your chaos spawn <laughs> really really good for decorating other models as well if you're trying to make mutants or or what have you right. uh, always have a lot of time for that kit one of the things that i want to mention though is there was a weird quirk in sixth edition and you guys remember sixth edition came out and for chaos uh, especially chaos demons we lost so many units we lost mm -hmm. probably over half of the options from ed and spawn of chaos kind of took up the mantle of a lot of these other units so in the warriors of chaos and the beasts of chaos book you could upgrade your spawn of chaos to be a beast of nurgle a fiend of slanesh uh, a blood beast or i think later on they changed the name back to juggernaut of corn and a fireworm of zinch or a screamer of zinch and it was kind of a neat way to get those units back at least back on the table if you were coming from 5th edition you had those units kicking around hmm. they could at least be played in some respects although it made them of course so much different than their older incarnations it was just a, an interesting kind of stopgap that they put in there before they came out with the proper demon books i love how they did it the 6th edition same with the uh plastic skinks with bows everyone has lying around from the 5th edition uh, starter box set that yes. uh, well skinks cannot have bows anymore but we'll give you the southlands list and then you yeah. can take bows for your skinks you know i'm tempted in my program in september i'm taking a radio television journalism program i'm tempted to major in journalism just so i can do a hard-hitting documentary on what happened between 5th edition and 6th edition for the lizard men right. no other time in history did we see a range come out in a single edition only last about five years yeah. and then get completely redone completely redone yeah. and it was a range that looked good it wasn't there was nothing wrong did, with his yeah. range and I want to I want to go to Games Workshop and I want to be like I want to get this real story hard hitting. I'm not leaving. I'll tie myself to that uh, uh, yeah. Stormcast <laughs> they have out there and just you be can and also like mention, scream for the truth. Also mention about the, the color blue <laughs> on the did you did you guys hear about what? that? What are what are we talking about? Oh my god. So <laughs> there was uh, a couple of GW employees here years ago. You know how people say, what color should I paint? Like, if you're a new player, you come in and, mm. like, what color should I paint this army? Well, in the lore, it says they have to be blue. And it did. It, it was, it talked about the lizard man skin, 
was only blue. <laughs> and so I, this couple, this must be this must be in sixth edition, right? It was um, either seven. I think it's the seventh book. Oh, okay. Possibly. Anyway, it does talk about that. And then some of the employees were uh, like, "Yeah, you should you should always paint them blue." <laughs> Oh it was really bad. That I, I'll is never, terrible. I will never forget that as long as I live. Oh my god! Yeah. You're talking about the one of the most free form armies yeah. in the game for painting. Yeah. Like it's yeah. lizards. Do you, have you seen the colors on lizards? They can yeah. look like anything. That was, that's crazy. Quite, I'd never heard of that. It was quite tragic. <laughs> I, I'm starting to think that somebody accidentally ordered uh, one hundred thousand pots of blue paint. <laughs> <instead of laughs> we got Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what what can we do perfect. to? Uh, yeah. That is perfect. Yeah. Shame it wasn't ultramarine blue. They could have just, you know, sold that <laughs> yeah. to every new 40k player and done. Oh. All right. Uh, well, by yeah. the way, Nathan, how you're going to uh, do a study just because you want to do a documentary <laughs> focusing on the Lizardmen? <laughs> That's it. Whole reason. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good talk on Chaos Spawn. I think. I think we we hit all of the we important parts. <laughs> uh, next up is the bacon missile, the Razor Gore. Oh God! Yeah, uh, I mean, I wish I had more to say on this thing because it's hilarious looking. It's uh, such a good unit, though. And you know what? Like, really I good. I was looking at it because I I was like, I need to at least know what this unit oh, does. It's really and good. It's pretty decent. Mm. So, I I'm I'm guessing there's people out there that like me just never encountered this thing because i don't think it sold very well because of the way yeah. it looked conversions but, people use proxies and stuff yeah, yeah so this thing is movement seven weapon skill three ballistic skill zero strength five toughness five wounds three initiative two four attacks and leadership six it has the special rules fear and thunderous charge the razor gore has plus one strength in the turn <laughs> when it charges it's, it's strength six on the charge with four attacks the only thing I don't like is the weapon skill, but of course it's a giant pig. It shouldn't have a great weapon skill. Right. I, I'm kind of into it. I got to tell you guys, I, no, I'm, it's, I've it's never good. played it, but I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Yeah. It held me up. People would run multiples of just, I think it was only available in one choice anyway. You couldn't put them in a unit. So yeah, it was one of those things like kind of, it acted like a chaos spawn. It was tough. Um, it could charge. It could take a charge uh, because it's only one model. And tough five, your your zombies are probably missing it and not wounding it, and then it's doing attacks back. I it was a a good flank piece as well. I, all around good unit. I, I give it a thumbs up for playability, and a giant thumbs down for the hideousness. And <laughs> it's not like you know chaos spawn can be made. You know what I mean? It's a different yeah. type of hideous. It's it's like, I mean, if you put arms coming out of it and and guts coming out of it it might you might be able to pass it for a chaos spawn or something but it is not a nice model Ooh. so you can take it in units of one plus so you one can plus, actually okay. build yeah you can build bigger units if you wanted to okay cool yeah because a lot of people just put the single ones and they yeah. in the because that way there's less concentration on one unit and then they're all scattered everywhere so you have to divide your divide mm -hmm. and conquer time mm -hmm. yeah not easy to bring mm -hmm. down with ranged weapons either exactly, that top five. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah and 55 and points per model seems like a good yep. deal for this reasonable yeah yeah, yeah and they're pretty great as redirectors as well although yeah. single model right yeah, of course for sure yeah. i hate redirectors I, uh, <laughs> they're my yeah. least favorite parts because they always get me like good um, old eagles man i hate eagles remove eagles, eagles. Are so good remove <laughs> eagles they're so good yeah i know Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I ever play elves, they're yeah. against elves. There's at least one. They're so elven-like. It's like, here's yeah. the epitome of how an elf army works. 
you can't hit me, you can't hit me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I came yeah. across those Razor Gauze once in a in a game I played and one of them charged my black orcs coming up the flank and it actually took me a turn or two before I had beaten it enough to pulp and right. and actually won combat with it and then my black orcs pursued off the table and yeah it's it's a it was a nasty tactic to it's unassuming you don't think yeah. that would happen yeah you think okay i can ta- i can handle this i can take this um, yeah. and uh yeah but uh i couldn't <laughs> nice dice were against me back then as well i believe oh no but uh yeah razor gore uh love the rules and they could do with better models mm-hmm. there's some great third party models out there i believe as well mm-hmm. 3D prints. Next up is Dragon Ogres. These guys were on 40 mils in Hero Hammer, and I believe in 6th edition as well. It wasn't until they got their redesign, and they also had their uh, grow grow up, glow up, and uh, I can't say anything bad about Dragon Ogres. I love Dragon Ogres. They're one of my favorite, favorite aesthetics in the game. I think they're beautiful. I think the old models are my favorite, but even the new models I absolutely love. And they're ex- they're always expensive, but I've always found them to be pretty solid. A good mix of rules. The scaly skin helps, and they usually can take light armor as well. So you're usually mm-hmm. looking at about a five up, or a four up save for them. They've got weapon choices: hand weapon, du- uh, two hand weapons, or a double hand weapon. It's kind of everything you you want in a in a unit like this the shagoth was an incredible model still is i still yeah Yeah. i have to get that thing yeah and yeah these guys just always make me happy i just really like dragon ogres you took a took the words out of my mouth everything you said is exactly (laughs) they're so cool the old models are great Mm -hmm. and the the hitting on strength seven was super nasty in Mm -hmm. sixth ed because you could crack a chariot in one like easily yeah 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 Really yeah. fun unit. Um, yeah. I can't say anything bad. I mean, against a shooting army, you could take them down pretty pretty quickly. But yeah, even the strength four, like the arrows, you're going to have to have to pelt them a few times. And the Shagoth is just one of my favorite models of all time. It's great. It is. It's a beautiful model. It's yeah. so cool. Very iconic it as well. It has a lot of personality. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm into them. Yeah, for sure. They're a lot of fun to play on the battlefield as well. I always take them when I'm taking my Chaos in 5th edition. And if I had... I mean, I could take... Since we're playing 6th edition, I could actually still take them yeah. in 6th edition because they'd be on appropriate size bases. So I you may do that. Try, that, might, that. That might uh, be a thing that happens. Maybe I'll take that against Patrick. He'd love there that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're just, it's just like... Another thing about this campaign is like I'm taking stuff that I don't normally take to mm-hmm. try out and it's really fun to uh experiment in these different lists oh absolutely yeah absolutely if i can figure out some way to make the flare kin before Ooh. the campaign ends i really want to take some of those <laughs> at least for the final battle since it'll be a siege right just yeah uh, i'm yeah, also really interested in continuing not even just playing games with these lists like mm-hmm. the from the it's really fun there's so much to experiment with right yeah yeah absolutely all right chaos ogres so ogres, but just a bit of chaos in them. This we can talk about here. So we're going to talk about ogres so much. And chaos ogres aren't appreciably different from regular ogres, except that sometimes they have slightly different options, like they can take the marks of the gods. But they are, for all intents and purposes, 
ogres. But the lightning. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's, that's the, the dragon ogres, ogre. though. Even the the like the ogres can't do that, unfortunately. Oh, you're talking about just the chaos. Ogres. Yeah, just the yeah. sorry, just the chaos ogres at this right, point. Right, right, gotcha. Um, yeah, actually, I'm glad you reminded me about the lightning thing. The lightning right. thing is such a wonderful situational rule. Like it never comes up. It never ever comes it, up. It would but have been it's better be so if cool. Could, it would be better if you could have done it to yourself. But mm-hmm. in the in the rules, you cannot attack yourself with yeah. magic. It would be so much better if you because it. I don't know why they never did that. It'd I would. So, I would have totally done that. I would have yeah, gotten a mage like, just to power up the dragon. Exactly. Hours. Like, and it's not like groundbreaking going to bust the game. It just gave him frenzy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, that's great. But I mean, they're going to attack and hit with a ton anyway. Yeah, um, and you're yeah. you're already spending the points for the support mage exactly, basically just yeah. to do this. No, I, so. I, I don't. I don't understand why they why they did that yeah on the subject of regular chaos ogres one thing that i i kind of want to get your opinions on is the idea of this kind of cross-pollinization because we have chaos ogres in the beastmen and we're going to get chaos trolls in warriors of chaos and actually maybe in the beastmen as well it might have been one of the things that i missed were these okay yeah chaos trolls are in beasts of chaos yeah, as they're well. beastmen as well mm-hmm did we need these? Because these are two, like, the Chaos faction is not poor as far as, you know, diversity of, of range goes. So there's a lot of options in all of these books. Should trolls maybe have been just for orcs and goblins and ogres maybe? I Like, ogres, they're so mercenary that I kind of want them in everything. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just, like, these are taking roster spots that maybe we could have gotten something that's a little bit more themed to the army i don't know but i i thought it was worth checking in i want chaos ogres okay <laughs> <laughs> i was part of my probably mainly to do with my project i didn't want to collect ogres the army for eighth edition and then i looked at looked at the chaos book and i went chaos ogres oh they have the charge so i'm specifically talking about eighth edition now the one we play is the orchard edition but using that book. So you get the ogre charge. You get the marks. The marks are really, really good. Uh, for if I usually mark them with slanesh. So you have an immune to panic. You're immune to panic, fear, and terror. So you, those points investments, you can solidify yourself and go, okay, these guys aren't running away from fear outnumber. Or, you know, because they're going to be immune to terror. Because terror causing could still cause fear in the ogres. And immune to panic, give them great weapons. They're going to stay there for a while. I really like them in Chaos. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I and think the paint, job, well, the... paint jobs. Sorry. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah like, well, you can, you can do a lot of things. And you can put with, Chaos bits uh... on them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice project. I, I also think that they should be there, both the, the trolls and the ogres, uh, because while humans can be corrupted by Chaos and they become Chaos warriors or... Uh, those uh, chaos spawn but so can ogres and trolls who live all the way up there in the the northern lands as well i mean ogres are all over but they if i get my topography right they also border the chaos wastes to the north Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep and uh trolls as well um the the troll country in the in the north uh uh, near kislev and norska yeah sure uh I do agree with you, Nathan, that when you say that, well, maybe we could have something else that's something maybe a little bit different. Uh, but on the other hand, I think maybe just making the trolls and ogres a little bit more 
KLC instead of just a regular troll or ogre's deadline and then give them some special rules. Yeah, I think that's very flavorable as well. Very fluffy. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of altering the stats a little bit. Something to represent the changes that, that Chaos has wrought on these. And I'm certainly not arguing against them because from a fluff perspective, it makes perfect sense. Troll Country, it's right there in the name. And ogres are notorious for being just about everywhere and, and fighting <laughs> yeah, for just about they're anyone. everywhere. And I, there's yeah. even lore in the ogre army book where ogres that worship the dark gods aren't ostracized by other ogres. They have no problem with them at all. And some of the mutations are they're actually kind of envious of them because sometimes yeah. they'll have like a, a cool like tentacle for grabbing guys and, you know, like for grabbing <laughs> things or they got a big claw. Right. If it helps them eat more then they're all for it. That's funny, yeah. So I, I do like them a yeah. lot. I just thought I would raise it as a kind of That's good what-if scenario. I think and, your points are valid as well. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and having them in here does make sense from the way that Chaos has been portrayed, even in Old Hammer. And in Old Hammer, it was even more like, here are things from other armies. We've put Chaos as the prefix. Enjoy them. You had Chaos Goblins. You had... Uh, chaos half orcs there's all sorts of things uh if we get to together and do another mega chaos champion on the patreon uh you'll you'll see all of the Ooh. the crazy things that you can get cool uh Ooh, I, I'm, I'm hoping nice. someday one of us is going to roll up a chaos slan uh, for a champion <laughs> oh because uh, that was the thing be you, you could pal. do that's I, be well, you. I hope so i will yeah. be i will be over the moon <laughs> yeah all right cool Let's wait for proper ogres to, to look at, like, the ogre stat line and, and sure, how yeah, ogres have, have come about. Yeah. That does it for Beastmen. To include uh, Chaos Trolls here as well? Oh, yes, yeah. Because uh, they are here yes. in the book. Well, we, Chaos we Trolls. Also um, somewhere else, and but, and uh, Chaos Trolls, I think I'm, I'm only disappointed, and I, I like them, and I've always liked their models. They were kind of more gangly than regular trolls, and I like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Crocodile-like. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they didn't have any special chaos rules and i, I kind of miss that yeah like, that was strange yeah like because even in the orc and goblin book you have river trolls you have stone trolls and you have regular trolls and chaos trolls should have something right like even if they just have more mouths or, or like they can i don't know they can really vomit thought, more <laughs> i don't i really thought they would add some kind of magical resistance to them at least yeah yeah something, and i mean the stone trolls like have that. the magical resistance so maybe they yeah maybe yeah. they decided that that was their thing but just yeah. something right like just give me something i don't it doesn't even have to be good just you know yeah <laughs> I, exactly. I just like something to <laughs> minus <differentiate> one movement <laughs> from regular trolls okay maybe not that something like yeah <laughs> really bad uh, uh. yeah yeah chaos trolls uh disappointing only only in that they they don't have enough to differentiate them from regular trolls um now i've got them here side by side and the only thing that chaos trolls have over regular trolls is that they have an extra attack Ooh. oh do they have an extra attack yeah they have four attacks. You, pay, you, you pay five points for that but they That's get four attacks pretty darn good okay well yeah. and uh, the rest is still guess, the same yeah you know what at still least good. that's something that yeah. is it is i yeah. will take that a hundred percent Wow. Yeah, I did not realize. I was I was even looking at their profile, and I was just like, this, oh, this, this is, is like a troll uh, profile. Comparing the 6th edition profiles of both, okay. by the yeah. way. Yeah, that's pretty good, though. Yeah. All right. Especially in 6th ed, actually. You get the charge off. That's If you're doing 4 wide, yeah, that's 4 extra attacks. Yeah, per, yeah that's huge. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Especially since trolls don't tend to hit much with the weapon <laughs> skill 3. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, as someone yeah. who likes to run trolls, I can I can confirm. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on here. Next up is Bretonia, and uh, easy there's yeah <laughs> easy, nothing easy. for Bretonia. Yep. Uh, then we get the Chaos Dwarfs, and I, I specifically the eighth ed list here because the fourth ed list doesn't include anything. The Chaos Dwarf Bull Centaurs become monstrous, kind of like monstrous creatures in 8th edition. In 4th edition, they're on cavalry bases. They don't have anything extra special. So in 8th edition, we have the Bull Centaur, and that includes both the character and the regular unit, and the Kadai Fireborn, which are the, the fire demons that the Chaos Dwarves summon up. The only thing I will say to the Bull Centaur, and this is only because I have recently researched them to do an episode they are really fun as far as their rules go they're they're one thing in the chaos dwarf book other than like the ridiculous uh doom train and and other fun war machines <laughs> that i took a look at that i was really just wanted to to see them run on the battlefield the big thing with them is they've kind of got the best of both worlds between monstrous cavalry and monstrous infantry where they have that speed, which is really, really nice. And I like the fact that they've they've got some options. They've got they've they've gotten bigger, of course, than their their previous incarnations. And they've they've got like the three attacks that you would expect. They're just they look like a solid unit all around. And I, I can only speculate because I've never ever played against Chaos Dwarfs, especially not the Eighth Ed Chaos Dwarfs. The Kadai look really interesting, but I don't have enough experience. I've, I've never seen them on the board and never played against them to, to say whether or not they're they're worth the effort. But the Bull Centaur, for sure, if I was building a Chaos Dwarf Force, oh yeah, I'm taking oh, yeah. as many as I can get my hands on. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, I don't have much experience with the Chaos Dwarfs. Um, against, definitely fought against the train, but not, uh, I've never seen Bull Centaurs on the battlefield, unfortunately. Yeah. Maybe uh, Andy will fix that for us. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah, I haven't faced them myself either. No, neither the Bull Centaurs nor the Kadai. Uh, no, that's fair. So, nothing much to uh, yeah. say there. Although, yeah. they, they do look interesting, those Kadai as well. Mm-hmm. They do, they do. They're, they're interesting looking models. The, that whole Chaos Dwarf range was really neat. Pretty cool. I wasn't, wasn't big on the Warriors, right? but other, everything else. No, the Warriors really should, ha- should have those big hats. Yeah. Not the pin hats. But the big <laughs> no, not not push pins, but actual. <laughs> oh man, I have seen some incredible three D sculpted chaos dwarfs lately Ooh, that look nice. for all the world just like the fourth ed ones. Man, if I had the space and the money, yeah, and the inclination, that's cool. I would, I would have a three D printer right now, and I'd just be that. That'd be what I'd do. I couldn't do the podcast anymore because three D printer go through. <laughs> No, you just you, you turn it on and you podcast while you do it. <laughs> oh right, yeah, because it yeah. takes forever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worth just, it. Just yeah. put it in a different room from your little uh, yeah. editing closet. That's, That's right. right. That's right. That's unfortunate because I have so few rooms. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move on from Chaos Dwarfs because I, I don't think we have anything particular to much. say other than you know, Bull Centaur are cool. Get some. Yeah. Uh, some, Dark Elves yeah. are next, and uh, that's a that's a big old zero for them as well. Just like Bretonia. Then we get into Dogs of War. And Dogs of War, one of the many armies where I got to write down ogres for the yes, that's great. monstrous infantry there. Ogres, of course, this is where 
they really belong. I, I know ogre kingdoms are a thing, but I guess for, for those of us who kind of live more in the, the Hero Hammer era, the mercenary ogres are just... I love it. I love that lore for them. I love just these big brutes coming around, fighting for food or pay. It's and, kind of like uh, it's the exact same lore for them in 40k, actually, which is funny. Like, are how they, they are they how, very well, mercenaries? Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I thought they were yeah. just like I thought I they mean, were just big imperial guardsmen, basically. Well, they become they became more that way recently but in the originally it was like yeah it's oh, same kind what? of idea the higher yeah young. that's true because yeah. i remember going through the free buddha's supplement for rogue trader and seeing right. ogren alongside the orcs right and in the fluff there they would the ogren would fight alongside orcs all the time because the orcs were firstly always fighting and there was always work for them and the orcs really respected them because they were big and yeah, of course, it. orcs exactly. being orcs, they're just like, oh, you're big. That means you're important and good. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and they got Logic. along really well. I really <laughs> like that. Yeah, I would fun. love to see Ogren come back for 40k and be available for orcs and that would be Imperial cool. Guard. That'd wow. be so cool. Yeah. I want to see, man, you want to like, I, to, to get me back into 40k, they should start doing, they should do some mercenary stuff. Yeah. Get the crew back in there, get the orc free Buddhas, yeah. get the Ogren, and just like, allow you to make a Dogs of War 40k force. How cool would that be? Just yeah, take I mean, stuff from is, Imperial well Guard from that. orcs. And... <laughs> Man, might as well I, have fun with it. I want to do that now. I I bet you could do that for a Crusade pretty easily. Yeah. Like the new Crusade stuff? That, just That would be fun. Talk to Mish- your opponents beforehand and just be like, do you guys mind if I just make something really dumb? Mismash. Mismash. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That is really cool. All right. Yeah. So for, for Dogs of War here, one thing I wanted to talk about, because again, this is just ogres and we'll get to ogres in more depth. But what I wanted to hit on here is the Dogs of War ogres, I think of as the classic ogres. And, and not only the classic before ogre kingdoms, but the classic aesthetic of the models. And I love the classic ogres. I I love the, you know, the flat nose bruisers. And one of the things that I think is so wonderful about their design, because they share a lot of design aesthetics with trolls, especially with the stone trolls. Again, the the flat nose, the, you know, kind of looks like like he's been in too many uh, bar fights kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I realized when I was thinking about it today, this is such a british aesthetic and especially a 20th century british aesthetic because we all know orcs were based on the soccer hooligans right in Mm -hmm. things but these ogres that we got in you know the the early eras of warhammer fantasy they were the tough guys right they were the bruisers they were the the guys in the bar that you didn't want to mess with like the big guys who were who were dumb but violent and just everything about their faces and i love the old ogre sculpts for the faces because they were so very evocative of just these bar fighters these these rough and tumble guys that they were ugly because they'd been punched like you know they were literally hit by the ugly stick too many times so someone hit them with a stick and and they're they're just these wonderful sculpts that have so much personality and i do don't get me wrong i like the ogre aesthetic i i don't like the way gw paints them usually but I yeah. like the Ogre Kingdoms. I have an Ogre Kingdoms army that I, I absolutely love. And I, I don't have a problem with the like the big fat boy kind of build that the Ogres took on. But I there's something about it where I really miss 
that original aesthetic. What's your, what is your opinions on that, that kind of change that happened? What do you guys feel about that? It's a hundred percent different. It's like, it feels like so different. I like both everything you said about the original. I agree with it's like that bruiser feel one of the nicest ogres where they took kind of in between. No, it's not even in between. It's more classic is the Mordheim ogre. Very, very amazing sculpt. He is good. It's it's amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. The great, I think he's carrying a great axe. He even has like a back, uh, little sack stuff yeah, in it. I and love his backpack. Like yeah. he looks like an adventurer, which is really cool. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was one of the coolest models for Mordheim because uh, you'd you'd hire them right as a mm-hmm. ogre mercenary. Yeah, we're definitely gonna play Mordheim anyway. Ogres, <laughs> ogres. Quick story about an ogre. That very ogre. I was playing against my friend Devin. We put cannons um, throughout Mordheim, the city tables that we set up, and they're not manned. You have to go and put the powder in and you know take a turn or whatever anyway i was able to get there and i shot a cannon at the and his ogre mercenary and my friend goes he's gonna take it right in the gut and didn't i roll to wound and then i rolled um a d6 and i rolled a one so he survived <laughs> so the ogre the ogre literally took the cannonball and survived this and just because in mordheim you'd always call it out you know like role play and him just yelling, he's going to take it in the gut. And that's exactly how it played out in the story, right? Fantastic. Gut. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, Very yeah, Homer Simpson. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. But um, as far as the new, um, I really like your uh, ogre army. Beautiful army, uh, Nathan. It's really oh, Thank nice. you very much. But the Cathayan type mustaches on them are super cool. You know, on, on the new ogres. Oh, they, yeah. Yeah. Some of them some... have that good looks and and their face sculpts are still very they've got a lot of personality to them yeah. it's just a yeah, different personality yeah, yeah patrick's yeah. having a poor patrick shivering shuddering right now he doesn't like that army but I, and it, a lot of people don't like the aesthetic but it's just it's it's wildly different than the uh the bruiser right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think it fits with the style because after fifth edition uh warhammer got a lot more grimdark and you see that especially when you look at an army like Bretonia, which was all colorful and, and high chivalry. And then it became like, yeah, we have uh, 10% of the population holds uh, 99% of the wealth. And the peasants are poor and they stay poor and they have no hope whatsoever. Um, so that whole Grimdark team, that Grimdark setting, it, it fit with what they did to the ogres. The The 5th edition ogres, they were... A little bit goofy the way they look with those uh, those big white <laughs> mouths, those, those uh, <laughs> yeah. big lips that they have. And then in sixth edition, it all became a lot more serious. And yeah, they they did change the aesthetic from the more let's call them the British ogre to the more uh, Asian ogre. But other than that, it also became a lot more dark and. Mm-hmm. and gritty and everything and uh, the old ogres uh, though beautiful models they don't really fit with that 6th edition ogre kingdom's army I think and vice versa maybe a little bit better yeah. as ogre mercenaries can be from anywhere but uh, I have yeah, more... I, get, I get why they changed it mm-hmm. yeah for sure and that's a great point I have more excitement for the newer line because of my friends started collecting the old, like when the sixth ed hit and the book came out he was he, i remember how excited he was like look at this got magic look at this model look at this <laughs> you know just living vicariously through him and being excited for all these he really really dug the the new 
uh, aesthetic, how they've looked, how they played. Just yeah, I mean, I think they have a great a great place. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks for indulging me on that. All right. Next up is the Empire, and stop me if you've heard this one before. It's ogres, although with a caveat of fourth edition only. And by this, I mean they were in the actual army list in fourth edition, alongside dwarfs and halflings, all of which disappeared by the time sixth edition came around. The only thing that I will say about ogres in the Empire army is that I do miss having those non-human auxiliary units. Mm-hmm. So the dwarfs, I'm the glad halflings, you said that. Yeah. and the yeah, ogres. What I would have, and I understand why they wanted it to be specifically a faction of men, and I get that. However, I would have loved for them to do because the Empire Army came out at the time when they were big into doing those wonderful theme lists. Give me a city of Altdorf, or give me a, an Empire city. You know, something that's more cosmopolitan, because especially Altdorf in the lore is ridiculously cosmopolitan you will find things like halflings and dwarves there in numbers i'm sure there's ogres all over the place ogre mercenaries and things setting out i would have loved to see like an empire cities list that allowed you to take these units that you had in fourth ed to give it that more interesting feel i think it really lost something as far as flavor goes in when it lost those units. 100%. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, if if Altdorf gets sieged, where are the ogres and halflings not fighting? Like, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're all just in the tavern. Just like, I feel like we should be doing something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Drinking, let's do it. But there's there's your bruisers. There's where you always want your bruiser models for for this one, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, You can still get ogres and halflings as Dorks of War units, but then you're giving up a a rare unit slot. Yeah, yeah. So you could could fudge them in in that way in uh, in your Empire army. Mm -hmm. But do you really want to sacrifice your Hellblaster for it? Uh, That's the thing. (laughs) Nathan Nathan will do it, yeah. I I mean, I do it, yeah. But, like, should you do it? No, you shouldn't. Yeah. Do not trade your Hellblaster for a bunch of halflings. That is not a good return on investment. Yeah. I'm guilty for stuff like that. Just play what you want. Yeah. All right. Next up is a little bit of a change of pace. We are on Demons of Chaos. So here we have the ubiquitous Chaos Spawn. The Beast of Nurgle and the Fiend of Slanesh. And where I'm speaking of the Beast of Nurgle and Fiend of Slanesh, we're talking about the 7th and 8th edition army books where these things became separate from the Chaos Spawn. Again, Mm -hmm. we won't hit on the Chaos Spawn. We already had a great discussion on the Chaos Spawn. So we'll just hit quickly on the Beast of Nurgle and Fiend of Slanesh. We'll just roll Snake Eyes and get on with it. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) The Beast of Nurgle is... In concept, I think one of my favorite demons of all time. I love that it's just a big puppy. It doesn't know what it's doing. It doesn't know about battles or like anything. It just, it sees friends and it wants to go and meet those friends. And then it meets those friends and then those friends stop moving and then it gets bored and it goes to meet more friends. This is honestly one of the best (laughs) concepts for anything. I love it so much. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it is a bit like that. How do you guys feel about the Beast of Nurgle? I don't think I can tell a better story than you just did. <laughs> um, the, my, my latest example is not in fantasy. It's 40K. They're really good in 40K. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I like the new model. 
Yeah, that's one of the redesigns yeah, that I think really they, they did really well. It was a good callback to the original beasts of Nurgle that were yeah. mounts for plague bearers and they were on the cavalry bases, the big kind of slugs with the the tentacle bits. I thought they did a, a, yeah. a super good if job. If you love to paint, there you go. That's it's a really cool model. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, beasts of Nurgle are they want to spread the love of Papa as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. GJ, yeah, how do you I, feel? I, I, well, I don't have much to add on these because I've never played with them or against them. So um, I can't really give you an informed opinion here. Oh. Except that I just... I, I do like that they made these separate from the previous um, upgrades for the Chaos Spawn. Made, yes. Made, made them yes. demons yeah. in their own right. Yes, me too. Me yeah. too. They, they, There was too much character in all of those units for them to stay as just yeah. upgrades for a mm-hmm. spawn. And they shouldn't have been in the first place, especially you can get away with it with the Beast of Nurgle more than anything else. Because the Beast of Nurgle is sort of kind of like a chaos spawn. They both traditionally have had pretty mediocre to random movement. They're big, almost mindless meat sacks. Like there's a lot of similarities, but something like a Fiend of Slanesh, like you can't represent that with a chaos spawn, not adequately. I do love how this uh, this Beast of Nurgle model, the one that's that's still for sale in the web store, is it the one you were talking about? The the slug like uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He actually has this this look of something that's like maybe a big innocent, a yeah. very ugly child. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> m- me wanna play. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. W- w- yeah. W- will you be my friend? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's it's so good though. Like I love that so much about them. I, it's just it makes me so happy that they're that they're like that. Um, I should get some of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. They're you can. I don't know how big they are. I don't know if they'll fit on a forty. Probably too big. I don't know that the new ones will. They're pretty beefy. I mean, they're one of those uh, things, kind of like the Chaos Spawn, where I think you could make it out of bits that might, you have. Yeah, they might fit on it. I'll have to take a look because I, I fought against them against Kaylee's army. She has like, God. 10 of them or more i don't remember a lot of those beasts and they're super cool i think they probably won't fit they are depicted on a 60 millimeter base right at least they're supplied with a 60 millimeter base right don't know if they're actually depicted on one Mm -hmm. you might be able to get it on a 40 with a lot of overhang (laughs) yeah yeah all right next up is the fiend of slanesh this is much like the Beast of Nurgle, I just dig the aesthetic of the Fiend of Slanesh. And the Fiends of Slanesh, as well as being looking really cool with their sort of bovine, sort of equine, sort mm-hmm. of scorpion yeah. <laughs> look. Uh, and depending on the generation of Fiend of Slanesh you get, you might also get like six breasts there, which is, yeah. I guess, a good return on investment for breasts. And <laughs> what I love about them, though, was that the speed. Oh, they just yeah. movement 10 man so what cool. is going on yeah you can do so much with that it's it's so good yeah. uh i i love these guys for any slanesh themed force all the you time in most idea. editions you just gave me an evil idea take a, a unit of fiends like a big big old unit and add a bsb or something that can carry the banner of strider so you no terrain could slow you down. Oh my god! You would just, you would just run through everything. Just like that. No. Um, I'm gonna charge you through this, you know, 
Yeah, the Rocky battlefield means nothing to me. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. That would be fun, actually. Yeah. I think I think you'll have to do that at some point. That's I cool. actually have three of the new feeds of Sunesh. Ever since that Wrath and Rapture box yep. came out a couple few years ago now, I guess. I still haven't put them together. I gotta Ooh. do that. I wonder if I could tempt a trade there. Do you want some old Daemonets? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I have so many Daemonets. I would trade you old fiends for new fiends. Like, I would, yeah. I would take the old metal fiends if you got I only have one of the old ones. I love... Uh, I actually like the old ones, too. I do, too. Um, yeah. I really, really appreciate the new ones. You can completely see the evolution, where they went to. Definitely the new ones are my favorite, because they're... To me, they're absolutely gorgeous with all the, the tongues and the spikes and the... I think they're placed really well and they're very, I'm going to say aerodynamic, aerodynamic and uh, yeah, really love it. The really, really old ones, not those ones, but the one, the next level are also pretty sweet for mm. aesthetic purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're, they're good. Yeah. They're all good. GJ, any thoughts on the fiends? Well, same as with the beast of Nurgle. Um, I have never played with them or against them. What's your favorite God aesthetic of the, the chaos gods, GJ? Oh, that's a difficult one. I, well, I, I'm a bit of an all-rounder, so there's something to say for every one of them. Uh, I think I like Slanesh most because uh, you don't see purple and pink very often in Warhammer Fantasy. And, and even if you... Well, you can, of course, use it, but with the armies I have now, uh, you don't really use those colors, so... Shame on that you. Is, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Bretonia, the, the pink knight. No. Um, <laughs> you, I use purple sparingly with uh, things like Tomb Kings and some uh, some Dogs of War units, but that, that violent pink that you, you can't really use that. And uh, those colors you don't very see very often, uh, also not in, in nature. So it's, it's mostly, mm-hmm. yeah, just judging by the color. As uh, color scheme, I'd say Slanesh, but I like them all for different reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a good answer. I agree with you on like the purples and pinks. I love purple. I will put purple on oh, everything. God. I think it's my favorite like war <laughs> gaming color, if that makes yeah. sense. No, like, it's been, the color yeah. that I most like to paint with and work with. And everything I touch lately turns to purple. Nice. <laughs> it's really cool. No, really, it's cool. Yeah, I I have a lot of armies though that that suit it very well. So I I do have. Demons of Slanesh, I've got Dark Elves, I've got Tyranids, I've got a lot of those oh, armies nice. that you can really get away with that. Yeah. Interesting. Before we get too off topic, let's <laughs> hit up the next... Well, actually, we're going to skip the next two, because the next two are Dwarfs, Dwarfs and High Elves, and neither of which known for their big, beefy, monstrous infantry. <laughs> but then we get... Unfortunately not. Then we get somewhere interesting, which is... Back to Lustria. We always go to Lustria on this show. And we're going to talk about the Karoxagor, i.e. the unit that all monstrous infantry wishes it was. Because uh-huh. Karoxagor are <laughs> I'm good. not going to disagree with you there. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Well, That's my favorite Lizardman unit, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big thing was they had all of the cool special rules to be the best that they could be, in a way. Yeah. For, for example, we harped on the Minotaur because the Minotaur were only strength four, not Croxagor, strength five. 
uh, Croxagore all came with great weapons. You didn't have the options that you had with the Minotaur with right. the Croxagore, but the Croxagore had a pretty terrible initiative anyway, so it wasn't really a big deal. Correct. You were striking at strength seven. You had three base attacks to the Minotaur's two. You Still. could have all of the shenanigans with the Skinks. They had a good movement speed. There was really nothing that the Croxagore couldn't do for you. And I'm talking mostly in Hero Hammer here, but they're even good kind of throughout. I think sixth is probably the lull for Croxagore. One thing, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, one thing that I will talk about, because it, it was one of my biggest pet peeves with the Lizardmen line redesign. The sixth edition Croxagore are the worst things in the world. They and I'm so in, skinny. I'm including actual terrible things as well, like global <laughs> warming and uh, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> Wait, poverty. Yeah, it's, it's, okay, yeah. hold on. Hold on a sec. Cur- Are the sixth edition ones the eighth edition ones? No. Oh, okay. no, they got redesigned for eighth. I need to Which was more out. like their originals in fifth edition. Look up the sixth edition Croxagore and then immediately destroy your computer because it's tainted now for oh, having seen Oh, I remember those. <laughs> yeah. Those were the bad yeah. ones. And I, I'm being a. Got some slight hyperbole with this one, but. I just could not stand them. I thought they, they looked weedy long. and Jeez. they looked derpy and they looked so bad. Whereas the Croxagore from fifth edition and the Croxagore that would replace them in eighth edition really looked nice. like big dinosaurs. Yeah. Like they had like the T-Rex heads and they looked yeah. like they were just going to, they looked sort of dumb, like not intelligent, but they looked fearsome. Like they looked like if you got near this thing, it was just going to pick you up with its mouth and swallow you whole. Oh man, the classic yeah. fifth ed ones. Oh, they're it's so my favorite. It's they're so, so good. I have six of them and they're That's like, they're, they're beautiful. I just right. love them so much. Nathan, paint that army. I know, I'm going <laughs> to do it. In we know, like, you love the Lizardmen the most. I, I, you're years, like, you're worse than me. My favorite army is the one I touch the least, right? Yeah. 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 I will say from, and I've been talking mostly about aesthetics here. Very effective. I, I loved playing them in games. I played them in 5th edition. I played them in 8th edition. As far as Monstrous Infantry goes, the only downside that I could see to them is if you were running them in units of their own, they yeah. couldn't have low, any kind of command or champion. Low leadership, yeah. Uh, or sorry, they, they did get a yeah, Croxagore Ancient. They champion in 8th yeah. uh, edition. In 8th edition. Cool, yeah. Other than that, though, they were they were everything I ever wanted from yeah. Monstrous Infantry. They're super cool. Yeah. The whole mixed-in unit thing is so unique. Yeah. I'm looking at the newest version and the old... They would look fine together. Like, the newer version with the older version in a unit. If you paint them the same, they would look fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've even they, got some of the work. same poses. Like yeah. They, exactly, they really yeah. went back and looked at those cro- classic ones when they were redesigning them. And thank God oh, they did. All right. I want to fight some Croxagore. Let's do this. <laughs> thing I love most about Croxagore is that you can... Put them in units of skinks. You have those mixed units, and I believe you had that all through the way from fifth edition through eighth edition. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, um, I believe so. They, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they, they they had some shenanigans with skinks, and and I believe even in fifth edition they could charge out of the unit of skinks and then maybe trample some of them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I seem to remember something like that from way back in the day when I uh, played against my my classmate who had lizardmen. But I think that's one of my favorite parts of this unit, that you can have those really nice and, and also really nasty combination units where you just put in some skinks, uh, have them be shot to bits, and then let the Croxagors uh, mop yeah. up the rest. How cool <laughs> would that look in re- in real reality? Like these, 
the skinks like looking like a flock of birds and this giant monster following them right stomping yeah. around. super cool mm-hmm. aesthetically it gave the lizard men something that no one else did with yeah. those mixed units and i really enjoyed that a hundred percent okay Let's keep this train a-going. We are on orcs and goblins. So this is the troll stop. And uh, this is river, stone, and regular trolls covered here. This is where we might as well hit on the trolls of Warhammer Fantasy. This unit is a little bit like the Minotaur. They've been around since the beginning. They've pretty much always been associated with orcs and goblins in some way, shape, or form. And... They've had kind of questionable efficacy on the tabletop. I love trolls, but I you play for stupidity. No, man, yeah. <laughs> trolls are the best. They're <laughs> they're better in later editions. Yeah, I will, I will say that much. Yeah. I think they're. I think by the time you get them to eighth edition, they're probably the best that they ever were because they had some real points decreases. You could do some silly stuff with guys like throg or uh having you know you you get those stomps right you get those extra attacks so freaking uh you can puke all over scott's doom bull and totally ignore his armor save (laughs) and yeah so they breaking heartbreaking (laughs) they get better this is a unit though that kind of epitomizes some of the famous rules of warhammer fantasy or at least the most interesting rules of warhammer fantasy like regeneration this is that is the trolls right like everyone else yeah you can get regeneration for other units but trolls are the ones that you think of when you think regeneration troll vomit is hilarious and effective it's fantastic and yeah this is a unit that i mean it's not always good but you always want to see it on the table and that's why I always take it. Is because if, if yeah. I'm taking my orcs and goblins, my opponent's going to be disappointed, even if they don't know it. If they don't uh-huh. see a unit of I trolls, I think they're situationally good. Like the literally the only thing that you could have done against my doom bowl, because I built that silly one plus armor reroll hit back at you, doom bowl. The only way you could have beat that doom bowl is with the trolls. Yeah, it was fortuitous that that, it was, that, that It's happened. just like, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was perfect. And uh, I've seen trolls puke on knights with one plus armor save and break them. That's what I mean about situational. They they can fail their leadership in a hot minute, but my god, they can they can hurt as well. Mm-hmm. I know you've got some opinions on trolls, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I've got opinions on almost everything, even though I uh, <laughs> I'm not qualified to give them. Well. I've been an Orcs and Goblins player since the start, and I must confess to my shame that I have not yet painted up a <gasps> single troll. No, no, that's not true. I've painted up one troll, which is the common troll that came with the Battle for Skull Pass. Oh, that upset. guy, yeah. yeah. But the, uh, the River Trolls and the Stone Trolls, um, maybe once or twice as a proxy, but I've never actually used them in battle. Mm. Okay, my friend. Uh, Let's have a no, chat that, after that's, this that's episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, s- s- send by some of those British ogres to rough you up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, appreciate uh, your honesty. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> um, I-, I did get to use them once, by the way, which was when I was uh, doing a remote game with uh, Joshua, one of the White Dwarf scenarios, uh, where I played Orcs and Goblins, and they had three river trolls. Well, they... they did some things to a dwarf unit and then they 
broke in combat and ran away and was subsequently run down by dwarves. I know, no. it's, it's very shameful. That is always the worst. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing stings more than having your unit break and then get run down by dwarves. Yeah. It's, it's just rough. <laughs> it's just really rough. Oh, the power. It, it, it happened to a couple of things uh, in that <laughs> army. But uh, yeah, so even though I should have um, lots of experience with trolls, I'm actually sad to say that I don't. But I do love those models and... I love seeing those big blocks of, of six or eight uh, stone trolls and river trolls, and I do plan on building them at some point in my life. Uh, maybe when the kids are a bit older and I can conscript them into helping daddy paint his miniatures. <laughs> but nice. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see when I, uh, How about uh, this? When I get to I'll them. I'll put uh, mine together and paint them, and we'll remote play and you can use them. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, let's that, do that. that. That's a that's the best case scenario for GJ. Yeah. He doesn't even have to <laughs> yeah. do anything. <laughs> yeah, I I've been dying. I absolutely adore the River Troll sculpts. I think they're brilliant. They have such character. Uh, the vomiting. I, they're so cool looking. Which ones are you talking about? They're the Is River this Trolls. The, uh, plastic. Yeah, the plastic River Trolls. They're yeah. my favorite. Uh, my all-time favorite. Yeah, they're troll beautiful. Sculpts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that saves me uh, asking the next question, which was going to be, uh, what is your favorite type oh. of troll? <laughs> Mine's river. Nice. The river trolls are great. I, I love, I, I think the chaos trolls don't get enough love. The uh, I'm talking about the metal sculpts. I, I don't think yeah. they ever got a non-metal sculpt. I just, kind of there's something about their lanky frogness that I really yeah. like. Yeah. 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 Uh, favorite though is, is stone trolls. I mean, I'm... I'm pretty basic when it comes to this. They're the iconic ones. They're the big yeah. blue guys. They are and will always be kind of the poster child of, of the 90s era Games Workshop for me. Right. So it's it's a, it's a an easy one for, for me. But every troll is a good troll, is what huh. I will say. <laughs> I'm uh, Actually, I, I'm in agreement with both of you. I love the stone trolls for the aesthetics and the river trolls for their rules. That minus one to hit, that's... Uh, Oh, Nothing so good. Legitimately good. So good. Yeah. Legitimately good rule. Absolutely. Especially where it's very rare in Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah. Like plus one and yeah. minus one to hit is actually, yeah. a, it's it's a big deal. It's funny now because if you follow, and I only very casually follow modern day Games Workshop games. Like I've got a couple podcasts that I listen to, mostly because I like the personalities of the hosts as opposed to like I'm super yep. interested in the, the new rules or anything coming out, but... Just hearing, and it, I guess it was worse in 8th edition, but just hearing all of the various things, the modifiers, the plus one, the minus one, and you go back and you play something like Warhammer Fantasy, and you're just like, a single minus one, you're just like, oh, how man. am I going to deal with this? How am I going to deal with this? And it's, yeah. it's funny, if you're playing 40k today, you'd just be like, okay, like, there's like six units on the battlefield that either have a plus one or a minus one on them, or it's funny something like that. you'd say that, um, when, when I'm teaching Andrew, uh, the newest player, one of the newest players of our orchard. Uh, he's playing in the campaign, Andrew. We were playing a practice game, and uh, for those of you who play 40k, you get command points where you can re-roll. And uh, he, we're going through the motions of whiffing all these dice, and he's like, command re-roll? <laughs> you know, he's, he has a question. Can I, <laughs> can like, I re-roll? Can, is there there's, some way that I can re-roll yeah, this dice because I hate it? <laughs> yeah. It's the most punishing game when you go back in time sometimes. Absolutely. After going through... The, I call them the Oprah Winfrey games, where they just give you everything. Um, <laughs> that's, a good, like, that's a good term. I hope yeah, that catches it's just on. Like, yeah, Oprah Winfrey game. 
there you go. Here's your reroll. Here, you get a reroll. You get a free plus one to hit. And yeah, it's just really funny coming back. But it, I'd like to see um, players come in from and play games from the past and see what they don't give you and, and actually appreciating it. I think uh, that's really fun watching people come back and be like, oh, wow, this is serious business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, uh, this is a veteran game for sure. For For me, it's just that I find... The, the copious amounts of, of re-rolls and, oh, and options really annoying. slow down a game. It's true. It's so true. And yeah. sometimes it's nice to just roll a bunch of dice and like, that's that's it. The, yep. you, rolled, you rolled the dice. These, these are the yeah. consequences. There is no get out of jail free. But we and, digress. Yes. Yeah. Back on the topic of trolls. I don't know if we have anything else that we wanted to cover. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty we it. I think, I think we like trolls. I think we, we, we do like yeah. trolls. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody likes trolls. Next up are the ogres. ogres. Oh, and before we get off orcs and gums, I should mention that ogres also appear in their roster in fourth edition. So there's another right, army that had true. ogres. Now we're on actual ogre kingdoms. Ogres, the real <laughs> ogres. We can probably bypass army. the uh, the first ogre. <laughs> yeah, and many varieties. I I, yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I, I don't want to make this a review of the Ogre Kingdoms book or anything like that. Right. So I, I just figured we'd take the time here to just talk about base ogres and then the things that got added, which are the Gorgers and the Yeti. Ogres are just so woven into the fabric of Warhammer Fantasy, and I, I mean more the game than the fluff, although they are and have been part of the fluff since the beginning. Mm-hmm. They're really just, they show up everywhere <laughs> and uh, do their ogre things. One of the interesting things about ogres is they they changed a lot in terms of stats. The the early days for ogres were they were kind of big defensive units. They weren't overly killy, but they right. they were hard to shift. The old hammer and hero hammer versions of the ogre, their stat line was a, a little bit different. They were movement six, weapon skill three, ballistic skill two, strength four, toughness five, three wounds, initiative three, two attacks, and leadership seven. And they were in, I think, the 40-odd points per per model range for them. What I find interesting about them is the two attacks is kind of a, a big deal that it's, it's so yeah. low for them, especially where yeah. they are kind of the... They are the the more the kind of basis of that yeah. like forty millimeter infantry the the baseline right or at least that's what I've always felt is that they you would compare yeah, everything well, kind of against ogres <laughs> when you say forty millimeter you the first thing that comes to mind is an ogre yeah exactly exactly and so then they of course would change once sixth edition came and they we get the stat line that we know today which is the the strength four tough four three wounds three attacks. Uh, which is, I think, probably suits them a little bit better. I don't know that they needed to be Toughness 5, but I think it made them an interesting choice in the Hero Hammer era because hmm. of it. You had the a normal bog-standard human or orc wounding them on a 6, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, that is. Yeah. 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 One of the other interesting factors about them that we also find in hero hammer and things like the minotaur did it as well is that you could have ogre champions ogre heroes and ogre lords in the unit depending on the unit size and they could have magic items and so you could make kind of a big ball of ogres or minotaurs that was this kind of giant death star that you would pour like 800 points into which is probably not a good idea but you Uh can do it once ogres got their own book 
I think they sort of started to become a little bit more like the other races in Warhammer Fantasy. You, you know, you didn't st- stray far from that strength four, tough four mm-hmm. that you would see with Chaos Warriors or Lizard Men, right? Like those stronger, tougher armies. I, it is kind of cool to have a monstrous infantry army, though. It's I great. think it really did yeah. add something to the game. I, I quite like it, it. They were super popular. They they sold a lot of minis. Well, it was so good for beginners because you yeah. needed so few of them. 100%. Yeah, it was a cheaper. solid army. Yeah. It, it could move well. It hit hard. There wasn't a lot it was missing. It had decent shooting. The magic for, was crazy. The magic was fun. Uh, I love gut magic. I think it's, oh, it's tremendously cool. So cool. I love lead belchers too. The idea of the, they have these cannons that they've just taken off of carts and they so carry them around. So much character by that, right? Oh, they yeah. They a lot of character. Yeah. 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 I liked the relationship between the Noblars and the Ogres as well. Yeah. I thought that was a kind of a neat idea. Gave them some chaff, gave them some some cheap bodies if you needed it, but was different than when they did the Chaos Dwarfs in 4th edition where they're just like, oh, these enslave orcs and goblins. They could have very easily done that with the Ogres as well, but I like that they chose these other race of greenskins that are separate and, and live specifically in the Mountains of Morn. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff. I love the lore too. the The idea of the Great Maw, like you said earlier, GJ, they they took a real grim, dark turn. Yeah. And this the idea of this faction of these giant humanoids that are just always hungry and always just thinking about their next meal and planning, and they'll eat anything. They'll eat each other if they have to. It's it's brutal. They're they're very scary. Like the ogres scare me as a faction. Yeah. I think more than a lot oh, of man. the now Warhammer World's a terrifying place, but something about the ogres, I think it's their bigness and the idea like because like an ogre would just very casually rip off your arm and start munching on it in front yeah. of you like they could do that. And that's ugh, it gives me the shivers when I think about it. <laughs> yeah, I really I really do like what they did. I, I get you guys thoughts, but also do you have a favorite unit in the Ogre Kingdom's book? Firebelly. Firebelly. Oh, he looks good. I yeah. just love the model. I yeah. I don't care how it plays. I mean, actually, let's talk right quick. Let me talk about how we play the Ogres in the Orchard Edition, which is we take the 8th Army book from Ogres and play 6th Ed Core. So what that means is you don't have that overpowered Death Star unit. Um, you can't play hordes like you can in 8th. So you have 4 wide, and Nathan, you've tested them many times, mm-hmm. and you can say you it's, pretty much like them. It's the best experience for Ogres. Right. For as for my money. And yeah. the reason why is because I think they play like they always should have played. Exactly. Which yeah. is they're big bullies. They play so well when they're winning, when things are when they're winning combats, when things are going their way, when they're getting <laughs> the charges off of, they will they will bully any faction in the game. The moment something doesn't go their way, they will like they will flee. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> like, like you give them a bloody nose and they're just yeah. like, Oh, I don't know about this anymore. Because you're looking at leadership yeah. seven. Yeah. For the yeah. majority of Ogre units. And that used to not matter in 8th edition because you had these big hordes. They had Steadfast. You know, you'd have your BSB. Once you start fighting back a little bit against the Ogres yeah. in the Orchard Edition, that starts nice. to go. And it's really fun. It makes for an army that is tremendously fun because they hit hard, they hit fast, and they, they do it well. But then you can have half of your army break in a, in a single turn right. because... They, they so don't have that uh, real leadership 
cushion. It's fun. It's so many fun games fun. we've had where the dwarf game that you and I had where <clears> it was like so back and forth, and it was cool because one minute I'm losing, the next minute I'm winning, then I'm losing. You know, and it was all based on what you're just talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, if you only failed the break test by one, you know, you you passed a couple times, failed a couple yeah. times, ran hey. away. I chased you because I'm a dwarf. <laughs> I'm slow as heck. Yeah, and, you you yeah. broke several of my units that game. Yeah. Like there there yeah. was a real chance for of you of you taking that thing, and I, I think <laughs> a lot of it came down to the little dwarf legs couldn't catch me. Yeah, incredible, incredible, <laughs> yeah. incredible yeah. game. Um, I will mention a couple other things for those of you who don't know about the Orchard Edition. It is mashing Eighth Army books with Sixth Edition core, and the ogres become instead of that six wide, three or four deep monstrous thing where you count all your eggs in one basket you can kind of put them in units of eight so you have four and four so your your charging still gets that extra strength from the impact hits they have in eight but also your rank bonus counts you we do allow stomps in in the sixth ed version we play and it kind of balances their hitting power out versus what nathan was talking about but Mm -hmm. here's another thing but why i say fire belly it's like a great example of Orchard Edition rules. Firebelly's like, meh, you take them because you like the model. But wait a second, we're playing 6th Ed rules. So regeneration in 6th is so strong. Uh, guess what? A Firebelly is a very, very, very good choice when you're fighting something that has regeneration because you only need to hit it with fire for that regeneration to go away for the entire yeah. game. Whereas in 8th Edition, it's just a save. So 6th edition regeneration is very, very powerful until it gets hit by magic, by fire. So all of a sudden that little fire belly option is not, you don't leave it at home, you want to take it. So that's an mm. example. But I like the fire belly's aesthetic. I think the paint job that GW did is one of those ones where you're like, there it is. There's a good job. <laughs> like the smoke and the fume and the yeah. fire. It's yeah, just really quite good. Um, and I actually want to skip that model, the paint. I just love it, but. What other units do we... We like the um, the gut magic. So we like the... Um, what are they called? The, the butchers? The butchers. They're scary. And then you, you have anything... anything. Talk about Grimdark. Mm-hmm. They no, are. Yeah. They're yeah. so scary. And the, the amount of wounds they have for a wizard, right? I think that army is incredible, honestly. Like, it's just really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, GJ, what was your favorite out of the ogres? Or do you have a favorite? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. For me, it's, uh, it's the man-eaters. Oh yeah! Until counts both <laughs> the aesthetics. They have such lovely models. Yeah, you're right. All those different ones. The the bearded woman with the big. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's what, what, what was it? Oh, I don't know the English word for that. The uh, uh, the well, thing she's got, like, used a big in the rolling kitchen. Pin. Yeah. yeah, rolling pin. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and uh, and you got the pirate, and you got a ninja, and uh, basically everything you want, and then uh, all matched up into one unit. <laughs> uh, so so that's the aesthetics, but there's also the uh, the rules part of the sorry the uh, background part, fluff part of it, where you have uh, these are ogre mercenaries. This is what an ogre mercenary unit looks like. Uh, they are all individuals. They go all over the world. They they. <laughs> Uh, they've been places. They've different uh, picked up different equipment, different fighting styles, different clothing. Yeah, that's um, f- to me the man eaters. They uh, embody what the the ogre, the mercenary ogre, should be. Nice, good choice. Nice. Great choice. Great choice. I didn't think of them, and I should have because they they have so much character. 
They've got more character yeah, than anything do. else in yeah. that army, for sure. All right. Let's hit quickly on the Gorgers and the Yeti. These ones I don't have super strong opinions on. I don't tend to use any of them. I know Gorgers, oh, you can They're get... so good. You can, yeah, you can do some real yeah. interesting stuff with them. Uh, I think you, you can kind of for the Yeti as well. My issue is i've never liked the gorger models very yeah. much uh they, they look quite strange to me comparatively to the rest of the ogre miniatures and i know that they're they're meant to be ogres that were basically tossed in a pit to die and, and so they've never seen daylight and they're they're really weird but they they don't even look like the same species to me so i've always had a bit of an issue with them mm-hmm. nothing wrong with them rules wise though uh yeti I, I like Yeti. I know a lot of people don't like the Yeti miniatures. I like the Yeti miniatures. They're I think fine. they're I think they're silly. They're fun. They they look real scraggly. Like they're like they've almost got a little bit of that old hero hammer feel to them, which is where they're that. they're Absolutely. a little bit yeah. yeah, they're they're just a little silly, they're a little funny looking. So I just never ended up picking up any when I was getting this ogre army. So yeah, don't don't have much of an opinion on them other than I, I like them. I like that they included them. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, me too. Yeah. Just it's they really did a good job of like trying to get that army to have a lot of options. There's a lot, lot of options. Mm-hmm. You know, just the I can't I think gorgers might be rare or or the yetis might be rare, but I mean, really really interesting. But I think I I I'm with you on the aesthetic. They're kind they're of They're both like, special in 8th edition. Right, they're both special. Why they went too thin with them if that was supposed to be an ogre. Like sure an ogre could lose weight but they have big bones man (laughs) yeah it was it was something about their the way they were shaped like their anatomy just didn't read ogre to me i'm into i'm into yeah yeah Yeah. i understand but But, uh, overall i think the ogre range is fantastic so so let's head on and let's hit on the skaven just one for the skaven the rat ogres yeah yeah rat ogres fun i've only ever been on the other side of the table from rat ogres i love them uh, I love them mostly for their goofy fourth slash fifth edition models. I, I love their look. They just look so dopey, but also dangerous because they're just covered in spikes and they have the big claws and the big teeth. Mm-hmm. I think a Skaven player would probably tell you that they've they've gone back and forth and whether or not they've been particularly good in any given edition. However, they have pretty much i think since that fourth ed book been strength five which is really nice and had a decent number of attacks like i feel kind of like the croxagore they've always been a pretty solid choice for the monstrous infantry and if nothing else clan molder is my favorite clan and i just <laughs> i love seeing specifically rat ogres and giant rats on the battlefield gotta agree with you i adore them my cousin who got us into warhammer in the first place his first model that he painted and he showed me was the rat ogre with his his hands over his head going like Rawr. yes ah, oh, he's and one of my favorites dude that model it's it's like one of those iconic things where you'll always remember getting into the hobby and the it's going to, okay so i i started making a list of my favorite month the 40 mils and it's really tough i know my answer Mm. rat ogres is on you know the top three nice but um i'm gonna i'm just gonna let gj speak because i could talk about rat ogres <laughs> for a while they are scary to me on the battlefield i think they're incredibly cool yeah i, I just love them yeah my my latest 
um, experience with red ogres was the uh, is actually the uh, end times version of them where they have all those upgraded arms and uh, they can shoot and everything. Yeah. And my opponent had a block of nine of them, and oh, geez. I didn't know how to defeat them with my poor undead. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe uh, well, well, the game ended uh, prematurely because uh, we had a clear field back right? then, and I. Ooh. I had to go home, but I thought, well, let's for fun uh, charge Manfred on his uh, Dread Abyssal into the flank. And he didn't even do... <laughs> I, I think he did maybe one one or two wounds. Wow. And, and this is like a, a Tenetech vampire we're talking about. So it's uh, very... Yeah, how do you say it? This is a, a unit that from from this point on... I will fear when I see <laughs> right. them when you uh, encounter. Yeah, yeah. The other Legit, the table. There's, there's psychology in the rules, and then there's actual psychology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Playing the game. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. All right. Vampire counts. We have the Crypt Horrors and the Vargheis, which were fun because they were added as a dual kit together, and a mm-hmm. good dual kit too. You get a lot of fun yeah. stuff there. Oh, it's great. And these ones, I. I like both of them. Uh, aesthetically, from a lore perspective, I think they're they're really fun. I have very limited experience with them. And Scott, you're the the vampire counts expert here, so we'll, I'll have to I'll have to let you speak about their efficacy. All right, so you're, you're doing good so far. Buddy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> for me, I would take I think the Vargheis over the Crypt Horrors. I think just for the the freedom of movement, and I think aesthetically, I really like. I really like the whole uh, bestial vampire-esque thing that they did during this era. And they also had the uh, the Varg Hulf, I think, is Varg the other Hulf, one, yeah. right? Is the big boy yeah, one. Kind of the yeah. Character, yeah. yeah, so I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. But yeah, these were these were solid additions. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the Crypt Horrors. I do, I think I like, yeah, I like the Vargais better aesthetically, but also in the lore, it's really cool. Um, I don't know if you guys read that. They are outcast vampires that you know they live they they they, you know the head vampire takes thralls and throws them in in bindings and throws them under the castle and buries them and with all the it talks about all the magical incantations over the years that seep into the ground and all the mutated warp warp stone whatever it mutates them and makes them go grotesque and they're stuck in there and then when there's a big battle they'll release them and they go, of course, so that's why they have Frenzy and really interesting. I'm not a big fan of the Crypt Horrors as much because I think I just like, they're supposed to be giant ghouls. Yeah, yeah, but ghouls I, I like, that, that I like have ghouls. been given well, vampire blood to, to right. beef them up. Yeah, And that's a great way. I like how they they did that because um, you're going to have those crazy mad scientists do experiments. But I tend to like the traditional ghoul aesthetic a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I think they're great in the game for sure it's really hard for me because when I, if i bought the kit which should i make i end up picking vargas all the time uh-huh. <laughs> vargas, i just can't help it but nice yeah lovely lovely additions i think they did a great job there cool for sure this time i'm gonna make crypt horrors and then halfway through you're realizing they did turn out to be vargas again <laughs> oh darn <laughs> <laughs> the wings are beautiful the model like it's hard yeah. not to put wings on a model I, I do oh, have no some of those Vargeist slash Crypt Horror kits on Sprue. Uh, I do plan on building them and, and using them at some point. 
I think when I look at their stats and their aesthetics, I also prefer the the Vargeists over the Crypt Horrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, I've always well, it's not that I've always disliked ghouls, but it's just that I don't know. Ghouls don't really do it for me, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. Just don't speak to you. Let's move on. Uh, we have the Warriors of Chaos that have a bunch we've already talked about, such as Chaos, yes. Ogre, Chaos Ogres, Chaos Trolls, Chaos Spawn, and Dragon Ogres. We hit on all of those already, yep. so we're just going to bypass the Warriors of Chaos. There is one thing I do need to mention yeah. real quick. So the Warriors of Chaos, the Ogres, can have a champion who follows the Eye of the Gods table. That's so you, pretty cool. You can have nice. an go- ogre yeah. champion turn into a demon prince or a spawn. That's a project. I need to do that. Like Ooh. make a demon prince ogre. Demon prince. Would the demon prince be even bigger than usual? Do you I, think? I, I'm just gonna say so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Just that'd and be I, kind of fun. I will mention as well that the dragon ogres were a kind of like the uh, the unwanted kid in the divorce when chaos broke up when they stopped doing oh. the big realm of chaos supplements right. dragon ogres got kind of shunted between beasts of chaos and then warriors of chaos and that's why they appear in both right yeah yeah so yeah. in case anyone's wondering over the eras they do show up in both of those i'm really yeah i'm really upset they're not in the beastman seventh mm. book so i, I use the warhammer's arby's project for tester for the orchard edition worked fine because nice. they have they have all those options, right? That they should be a dragon ogres and shag off. And... Cool. Next up is wood elves. We have just one here, the Treekin. The only elf army. The only that elf has... army that has monstrous infantry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And My, yeah, rules wise, I I think these guys they seem to me to be pretty all right. It's one that I think maybe I've fought against your treekin at one point or maybe i've only watched you fight with your tree i think i've you fought against my treekin in kings of war <laughs> they were proxies I think. right didn't we yeah. we had a game though with jesse didn't we that yeah. uh yeah yeah you used those on anyway the yeah treekin rules wise i think they're they're pretty they're pretty cool and they bring something very different to an elf like a, a very squishy elf army mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's nice to kind of have that fill in a, a weakness that that elves traditionally have i really enjoy their lore as well yeah especially so their cool. eighth ed lore and i don't know if it goes back to sixth ed as well but in eighth ed they mention some of the spirits of the elves that are just basically they're too stubborn so when when the elves die in Athelorn, they have their collected their spirits in by the forest itself in certain trees and things but mm-hmm. certain spirits are just too volatile. They're too upset. And there's a great story about an elf lord that is killed. I can't remember what he's killed by. I think it was either beastmen or orcs or something. And his spirit is so angry that it, <laughs> it just flees into this nearby dead tree. Because that's what the tree can are. They're these elven spirits inside this what is dead wood, basically. And he comes back as this terrifying tree monster and just murders everyone and then like sets up camp over the ruins and is he's still there he's just like (laughs) he's still guarding it because he just can't rest anymore it's 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 really interesting it's it's one of those grim dark things i think it's done very very well though and my only complaint is 
the treekin models and i'm not gonna say they're bad but they're hard to make look good and what i mean by that is i've seen very few paint schemes that really bring out all the potential in them and i think games workshop like the ones that you remember from the wood elf book don't quite do it for me i think you have to you have to paint them in a certain way because they are kind of this this amalgamation of sticks and branches and things they don't have a great silhouette and a great natural form to them. And yeah, that'd be kind of my one my my one thing that I don't like about them. Otherwise, I, I love their lore and I think they're great in game. Hmm. In the 6th edition lore, by the way, they saw the, just the spirits of the forest. Oh, okay. That, in, that inhabited that tree. It's not specifically spirits right. of dead elves. You know what's fun about that is, yeah, I, I'm even not surprised because... I remember doing the episode on Ariel and Orion, going through the Wood Elf books and being like, each one of these books could be no. talking about a totally different Athel Lauren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and kind of is, sort of. But yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, definitely my favorite unit. 40 mil of unit. That's my favorite. Top, oh, okay. top, 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 top. I have years of experience with them. I love how I painted them. I did like a birch bark. Mm-hmm. Yours, yours have a nice light look to them. Yeah, yeah they, it like, looks like a birch grove or something. I was with you. I was on. with you though. I was intimidated when I got them because I didn't like how I saw them painted either. And I was like, I did my dryads first, and I was like, oh, this could go well with the uh, treekin. I absolutely adore them. They're incredible in sixth, seventh, and eighth edition. Um, it's funny because we were talking about when the eighth edition Wood Elf book came out. I was like, oh my god, my beloved treekin got nerfed because they lost a strength they kept yeah. their toughness and and then after playing them with strength four i'm going to cast wisdom's wild form on them anyway <laughs> yeah so um yeah they're fine they <laughs> there there's nothing wrong with them they're incredible and in both editions you can almost set traps i'll i will put my two mages on a unicorn i have two unicorns that i joined they're the same size right the 40 mils Okay. So I'll put put them in the unit with them, and they'll have. Usually, I put lore of life, lore of beasts, or two lore of beasts, whatever, and they'll have items on them that will either make them immune to fire, or because people will want to take fire against them because they have re regen, mm -hmm. or they're flammable. Sorry, they're flammable. So yeah, you want to you do double damage. So if you have flammable attacks, then all of a sudden my mages have a two up ward save. So. <laughs> <it's like, laughs> So you can trap someone in and challenge them. There was a lot of shenanigans you could do. Nice. But I remember specifically going to Games Workshop, a really, really fun gentleman named Chris who had a gigantic ogre army, beautifully painted. We squared off Wood Elves versus Ogres. I think it was like a 2,500-point game. And my Treekin slammed home into his uh, horde of ogres and broke them. And it was just the best feeling. Those Treekin <laughs> are heroes for me for life. Nice. Yeah, it was really nice. fun. I'm glad that they included these in the uh, from the sixth edition book onwards because well, mm -hmm. you have the dryads and you have the tree man, but this in between unit, um, I I I think it's uh, it's fitting with the army, right? That you have course. like these different levels of walking trees. Yeah, and you did say Scott that uh, they got nerfed in uh, eighth edition because they lost a whole point of strength. It's big. It's a big but deal. They also good. went down 20 points. They, yeah. They were 65, uh, yeah. yeah, 65, and they went back to 45. Exactly. Uh, so, the thing, the thing yeah. about 6th and 7th, though, is they had a 5-up ward <clears throat> versus ma uh, non-magical attacks. And in 8th, they, 
the whole across the board, that's gone and everything gets a six up ward. So although oh, good the force spirit rule changed. I didn't know that. It, yeah. The force ruler spirit changed a lot. You actually get extra ranks to attack. You get a lot of cool new stuff. The twenty points is fine by me. It's a great reduction. I think they're great. I'll never get bored of using them. They're one of my favorite units. I can even put a great stag in there with them. It's cool. I'm gushing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall we move on to our final destination? Yes. Yes. Cool. All right. All the way to, where is it, Araby? No. Oh, Kemri. Th- close. Kem- yeah. Kemri. Close. Yeah. Kemri. Right yeah. continent. Yeah. Uh, we are talking Tomb Kings and the Yushabi. These guys are so neat. I, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, this is, this is one thing I haven't always been super high on tomb kings because i always thought they were the least interesting of the two types of undead i've started to really come around on them just by doing stuff for the show and reading their lore one of the things that i've i really like the idea of and this is again me speaking with a little bit of ignorance because i haven't played many games against tomb kings and i don't think i've ever played against yushabi I just want to, just to clarify. I think it's yeah. Ushab T. Ushab yeah, T. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't write down the T. That's that's why. <laughs> yes, the Ushab T. I like um, Ushabi, but Ushab T. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I would love to do now is a force based around Queen Kalida and oh, wow. tons of skeleton archers cool. and yeah. the Ishabti with the big bows because oh, I think they look be so cool. good and, yeah. but I just want like I just want Ishabti for days like I want a whole big unit of the guys with the great weapons I want the guys with the bows and then they're just supported by like as yeah. many skeleton archers as I can fit and <laughs> I would just love every bit of that I don't know if that is in any way good it's but probably terrible it's probably know. the worst I have no idea I, I, yeah I, yeah I mean I we can here's the thing, thing though uh, yeah. We know someone on the show here who plays Tomb Kings. <laughs> so, GJ, tell us, are, are my dreams realistic? Can we do this? Well, my experience with Ushapti is that um, I have a unit of uh, three of them with the great weapons painted up. Nice. And uh, they never do what I want them to do. <laughs> they they oh, die really quick. And, uh, yeah, well, they, they have this big disadvantage that they die from combat results. So if you don't um, oh. punch them, uh, punch hard enough, and you will get hit back, and you will die. Yeah. And yeah, well, I think because they're, they're only th- toughness so four, and they have a five plus save. Yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, it's it's not it's not very good. And in sixth edition, uh, they didn't have great weapons, <laughs> but they did have a, a strength of six on their profile. Okay. Which in 8th edition was dropped to a strength of 4 and they could have uh, either great weapons or the great bows. So there's strength 4, toughness 4. Yes. Wow. That's very unimpressive. This is this yeah. bothers is. me. This is this yeah. bothers me to the same degree that the minotaur thing bothered me. Yeah, so I I'm not really that impressed with them. Mm-hmm. But then again, everything in the Tomb King's army is uh, a bit weak and squishy. And uh, they do have great models, they have great aesthetics, but this is an army that's meant to work together and don't yeah. ever charge a single thing into uh, another unit because you will lose. You you always right. want to charge with several units at the same time. Yeah, you Shabti, I'm pretty convinced if you're gonna you're gonna play them, they have to be in bigger units. 
for them to last, right? Yeah. I think I for me I'd try out the gore. Even if you're striking last, it's fine. You're undead, but you need that staying power, right? You need to stay there. Mm, yeah. I guess the the problem you run into then is is what are you investing for? You know, to make a big enough unit of them. But that's, I mean, that's a problem all the time anyway. It is, yeah. 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 With these kinds of models, these these forty million uh, models, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Interesting. There, there's something that I would love to at least play against someday if I if I never play with them. I'm. I had the exact same dream and vision as you. If I wanted to do a Tomb King army, I'd want as many Ushabdi uh, as I could field, and everyone can shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly had the exact same idea. I just love them. They're so they're, cool. They're, yeah. Yeah. I think it's because of the movie Stargate. There was those. Ushabti looking things uh, in Stargate. I kind of ah, remember I, I, that. I always thought they were based off the uh, Warriors of Anubis from the the Mummy uh, the the Mummy Returns. Well, Stargate. I'm talking like late. It might 80s, be. I, I've never seen early, Stargate. So. Early nineties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was like in Ross Chamber. They they were the Guardians, the Jackal and the Falcon, and really fun. All right, gentlemen. We have come to the end. We have yeah. talked about all Ooh. of the things. Or at least all the things we could remember. And yeah, this has been an interesting discussion here. We have a little game, if you guys have time for it. Yeah, I still do. Still, yep. at yeah, least, still got a few minutes. Uh, if, if we can wrap it up within 15 minutes. Uh, oh, yeah. I think so. I Sweet. think so. We'll try not to hum and haw too badly. Yeah. And just before we start the game, uh, Scott, we, we got your your favorite yeah, of the, uh, the 40 mil models. GJ, what's yours? I'm gonna have to say trolls. Trolls and good choice. Stone trolls and specific, uh, the, the, yeah, um, yeah. It's for a, the aesthetics. It's yeah, it's perfect. It's it is Warhammer, hundred percent. I'm gonna say mine are the Minotaur, specifically the also good choice, the yeah. classic like fifth ed Minotaur. The and, list and, of favorites yeah. went trolls, Minotaurs, Rat Ogres, Ogres, Croxagore, and Treekin. <laughs> I, I, for, for a second there i thought you had ranked all of them i was just like oh god he's going for it <laughs> those, those are just like my list of favorites to choose nice, from nice. it's just so hard uh, yeah croc honorable yeah. mention for me are those fifth ed croxagora i think they look fantastic yeah. yeah uh fifth ed ogres are the honorable mention for me then nice yeah, good stuff i'll, I'll have to yeah. do uh, minotaur honorables all right all right so gj take it away what do you got for us today yeah i've got a little great game prepared which is called cross-referencing uh, as we all know, many things from the Warhammer universe are based on either historical or cultural things from the real world. What we're doing in this game is I'm going to ask you questions and we're looking at some of those cross-references between the Warhammer fantasy universe and our own culture. And those references may or may not be obvious. Uh, what I mean by that is that some of those references are definitely intentional and others are just silly right. things that I came up with. <laughs> and I can okay. warn you that the descriptions I'm giving you will be a bit cryptic at times. Okay. Just for an example question, uh, I could, for example, ask uh, what mythical real-world island is the island of Ulta One roughly based on? And then you would, of course, say it's based on Atlantis. Okay. Big island <laughs> in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. I'm glad I so, knew that. So <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> really worried uh, there. Yeah, that's a bit too. what we're going to do. Cool. Um, I've got 12 questions lined up. And I think they are in more or less increasing order of difficulty. Okay. So six each. And I've got a tiebreaker at the end. All so right. um, let's see if we need it. And maybe if we don't need it, we'll play it anyway. Cool, cool. 
All right. Which... Well, Scott, you haven't been on the show for a little while. Would you right. like the honor of going first? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Scott, first question. Which Oscar-winning movie begins with a scene that superficially resembled the battle for Maud Grant Pass? And remember, this is an easy question. Oh, uh, okay. I'm going to say... No, that's not Oscar-winning. <laughs> so it's Oscar-winning, not Oscar-nominated? There could be... No, no, there is a difference. Because, you know, I know is, gone, if it's, gone if it's, with the, if gone it's what the I'm wind. thinking of, it's... Yeah. It would be definitely Oscar winning, but I don't know if I'm okay. on the right track. Okay. Oh, let, let TJ, me can see we here steal? real quick. If uh, yeah, if, okay. if you uh, like, if, if, if one of you uh, doesn't yeah. get it, then the other one can uh, okay. steal the point. Yeah, sure. Cool. Forgot so to mention that. My thoughts are the Patriot because it's, but I don't think it's Oscar winning. And the battle was what was it again? The battle for Mod Grant Pass. Can I? Can you buy a hint? <laughs> no, no, no. I almost think it might be a Lord of the Rings movie now. Yeah, I'm going to say The Two Towers. So close. No, sorry. Okay. Nathan, what would your guess be? Okay. I'm going to guess The Fellowship of the Ring, the opening scene, the uh, yes. the Battle of the Last Alliance. Right. That's the one. Yeah, All because, right. well, Modcron Pass is the fourth edition starter set, Elves versus Goblins, and... That's why I said superficially, because there are no men fighting in Mordkamp Pass. Right. Yeah, very good. And uh, Nathan, one point for you. And hey. let, let's let's do this a little bit differently. Um, okay. Scott, because you failed to answer the last question, I'm just going to give this question to you and see if you can answer it. Would that okay. work? I hope you, I hope I'm I'm not just giving you all the questions to answer, but uh, <laughs> let, let, let's see here. Okay, uh, Scott. <laughs> question two: These two Harry Potter Quidditch positions can be found in the same Monogod Chaos Army as part of unit names. Oh. Oh. Um, well, we know the Seeker, Seeker of Slanesh, and what are, is the Bludgeoner? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the position. <laughs> the, the seeker, the bludgeoner. The, the, is there, there's oh, the keeper. The keeper of secrets. Yes, very oh, good. Indeed. The keeper of secrets job. and the seekers of Slanesh. There we go. All right. Nathan, yes. which monster available to several Warhammer armies was tamed by Bellerophon in Greek mythology? Oh, oh that was the Pegasus? It is indeed the Pegasus. Yeah, okay. Very cool. good. Nice. Yeah. All right. Scott, which Lizardman character saves the world in the 1983 movie War Games? The sh- <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Wait a second. 19 War Games? What movie is that? Why is that? It's like totally uh, blanking my War Games. Yeah, it, it, the only way to play is, or the only way to win is not to play. I, I never think saw it. That's the tagline. I, I think. I think you might be right. Really, nineteen eighty-three. Uh, how did how did the nineteen eighty-three movie get past me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. Who's in the movie? Actors. Is a lizard man special character? Did you, was there a lizard man monster character? What was the? Um, first bit? It, it, it's uh, it's about a lizard man special character. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh wow. But it might be a bit too cryptic. Uh, yeah. What's the que- What's the exact question again? The exact question is. Uh, which Lizardman character, and we're looking for a special character here, right. uh, saves the world saves in the, the 1983 world. Okay. movie War Games? 
I mean, the only name I can think of is Mastamundi. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Nathan, do you have a... Uh, yeah, well, yes. I've actually seen this movie uh, dozens of times, and uh, Venerable Lord Croak uh, appears in the last five minutes. It's a big twist, but foreshadowed heavily. And he uses <laughs> the deliverance of Itza to stop all the nuclear weapons before they hit the first city. And uh, that's how the Warhammer world started. Uh, no, I have no <laughs> idea. I really don't. Uh, I'm going right. to guess Croak, but I don't know. No, sorry. Okay. No, uh, this, uh, like I said, might be a bit too cryptic. Uh, the movie War Games is about a runaway computer program that wants to start a nuclear war. And the only way to uh, stop that is by teaching that computer tic-tac-toe. program to play tic-tac-toe, nice. indeed. Oh, oh I got there cri- just too late. Cryptic, uh... Which was also the name for a Lizardman character. Yes. It's friggin' oh. Matthew Broderick is in it. That's hilarious. That was a good one, GJ. How did I miss <laughs> Thanks. This? All right, All right. Uh, Scott, back to you, I guess, because I uh, you both didn't know this one. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand how I missed that. Okay. Right, question five. This famous Warhammer character shares a name with a black cartoon cat that has been around since 1919. Right, it's uh, Neferata is the character. The cat's name is... Is that what you want, the cat's name? Now I want the name of a famous Warhammer character... Which is the same as the name of a black cartoon cat, I'm which has been around since going 1919. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Felix. Oh, okay. Felix, indeed. Yeah. Yes, All Felix right. the cat. I was like, there's I no ra- way Scott I... doesn't know this, but there is a chance that Scott doesn't know that he knows this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went right to Neferata's cat, yeah. uh, Bistet. That's funny. That's it, yeah, I Bestet, like that you. Yes. Yeah, you you immediately like made four connections that weren't there, but you were you were just like, I know this cat. I will find you a black cat. <laughs> I'm God damn it. There's only one cat, and it's Bastet. Yeah. All right, hit me up, DJ. Right, so Nathan, the main character from the 1999 movie Messenger, forms the basis of a fifth edition Bretonian special character. Hmm. Which one are we talking about? Oh my God. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, that's the Kevin Costner movie, right? Messenger? From the 1990s? I'm not sure, but Messenger is not the full title of the movie, because if I did write up the full title of the movie, you would uh, get the answer straight away. Okay. Oh. Okay. Can I hear it one more time, the question? The main character from the 1999 movie Messenger forms the basis of a 5th edition Bretonian special character. And which is that? Oh, oh, oh! Uh, it's it, uh, Joan of Arc. This is messenger. Of, I think it's messenger of God, and oh. uh, it's Rapunzel to Lioness. There you go. Yes. 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 Okay. It's uh, oh, it's indeed uh, yes. messenger. Yes. The story of Joan of Arc, right. or the messenger. It should yeah. be. Uh, I, I made a you. typo here. Okay. Whoo. Yeah. I Man, this is so good. Then I love three this. Three to two. Yeah. Scott, another movie question for you, and we're getting to the more difficult questions here. <laughs> The name of this vampire bloodline has been turned into a movie. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Give give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's mine. My precious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Strigoi. Strigoi, indeed. This, yeah. In uh, 2009, that movie came out. Right. Nathan. All now right. let's see how you how your ancient Egyptian is uh, today. Okay. This undead special character's name is a combination of the name of the ancient Egyptian god of the desert and the ancient Egyptian god of the sun in Jesus. that order. <laughs> what is the name we are looking for? 
Oh my god. Uh, I think okay. I got it. It's hard. Uh, Here's a question to meet your question. Am I allowed to look up the Tomb King special <laughs> characters? Like the names of them? Because I'm just... Because there's a bunch of characters there that like... Mm-hmm. I don't... I, I'm not remembering. Uh, it is one that you will definitely know. Oh, it is. It's 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 a it's a famous special character. It's okay. not one of those obscure ones. Okay, okay, okay. Oh boy. So let me think. The this Kalita. There's Setra. Um. There's Prince. What's his face? Beetle face dude. Uh. Hold up. Is it Setra? It is indeed Setra. Okay. I was like, wait, am I yeah. just overthinking this? Because I was like, wait, Ra, right? Ra is one it. of the gods. Yeah. yeah and Ra Set, is the, yeah. of the god of the sun and Set is the god of the desert, indeed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right, yeah. Scott, I was ready to, to twist myself into knots for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how, uh, Scott, how your um, knowledge of uh, contemporary cartoons is. According to Avatar The Last Airbender, which of the four classical elements should Finubar command? Um, okay, so Finubar. So the elements were, was it air or wind? Is it air, fire? Earth, water? Earth, water? I think that's Those right. Those are the four classical elements. Yeah, yeah, because like some of the, because Chinese astrology and stuff has metal, so I was just checking. Yeah, and um, wood as well. And wood, yeah. I think... <laughs> I'm Go with sure. wood, hundred percent, hundred percent. Giving um, you this one. <laughs> I feel like it's air. No, it's not air. Oh, okay. All right, Nathan. So his his full title is uh, Finbar the Seafarer. So I'm gonna go with water. Oh shit! It's also not water. <gasps> oh no. no! No, because Finbar is of course the Phoenix King, and in Avatar: The Last oh, Airbender, Fire Rod Ozai becomes the Phoenix King. He crowns I, himself Phoenix King. I thought, I thought myself in the wrong direction with that. <laughs> Darn, the Phoenix King. Of course, yeah. that is the, that is the the obvious play. Damn it! Ah, oh, all right, all right. I'm mad three about more that one. questions to go. Scott, okay. back to you again. Y2K was directly responsible for the destruction of this Warhammer World city. Interesting question. Oh, you gotta give me this Oh, one. Mordheim. Damn it. Mordheim indeed, yes. <laughs> Which is uh, something I, I got, got from wrong, one of the... I would, uh... I would just have to hang up right away. Scott <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> has left uh... the chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, two more to go. And we are back to uh, language, Nathan. Okay. Let's see how well you do with ancient Hebrew. Okay. The name Nagash, uh, which is of course the undead special character, is also a Hebrew word. It appears in the Old Testament at one of the names of Satan. What does Nagash translate to in English? Um. <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah, I I have no sweet clue. I'm gonna. I mean, it's probably something Satan. So he. So. In Hebrew, it's it's a term for Satan. What does it What does it translate to in English? Hmm. Is there a, is there like an anglophone word? That's for the, interesting. Maybe just devil. I no, it's not devil. Okay, Scott. I can only think of one word: blasphemer. Also, not that one. No. Okay. Nagash is the Hebrew word for snake or serpent. Uh, oh, cool. Neat. And it appears uh, especially in the uh, Garden of Eden. Um, right. Narrative. Yeah. Cool. 
All right, uh, final question, and I think we're back to you, Nathan, with okay. this one. And by the way, uh, the score is tied. It's four against four. Oh, Ooh, oh, wow. Nice. Okay. So it's either this question or the, um, the tiebreaker. The final question. Which three real-world dinosaurs, Nathan, is the fifth edition Stegodon model based on? Okay, okay. And I want to hear all three of them. All right. Oh, see, now Scott's going to be able to build off my work, though, if he gets this. No. Uh, okay, so the, the first one the, the first one is the Triceratops. <laughs> I, I know that because it's the, the three horns there. So let me think about the other two. Now, the Stegodon, the classical Stegodon, has a spiked tail, which the, the, the Triceratops did not. So that makes me think Stegosaurus for that. Which would still leave one dinosaur left. Mm -hmm. Now, it does have the bony backplate. And the bony backplate makes me think Ankylosaurus. So wow. that's what I'm going to yeah. go with. Yeah, that was... I, I had, I Absolutely was right. Yeah. I was Woo! with you until the back spiny one, yeah. I know my dinosaurs. There you go. <laughs> All right. Oh, Congratulations. man. Congratulations, yeah. That was... Triceratops, and Ankylosaurus, and Stegosaurus, indeed. All right. Wow. Very GJ, nice thank you very much. That was, I think that was That's my a... favorite quiz of all time. That was good so game. good. Great. That was really good. So if you think of any more of those. Uh, very smart. Yeah, yeah well, I'll, I'll just save the tiebreaker for another quiz. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and j just to, uh, what, what we were, uh, shall I say this? No, I'm not going to say this. It's, it's related, <laughs> but it's different as well. Cool, cool, cool. So I don't, I don't want to give you guys time to prepare. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys. That Thank you very blast. much, everybody. Thanks, a great, uh, great discussion. Yeah. All Love right. It. That is going to do it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and... Enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The Wargames Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. Layers! Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers? You get it! <laughs>